Does the And we're live. Should I put this in there my? There goes the MC2. Oh. Is this a good idea or a bad yes. idea? How long are we going to talk today? It depends. <laughs> depends on how long you can hold back the floodgates of hell. Okay. I mean, I don't. If you just oh, have. Why is this good. wet? Oh, that white. is uh, coconut emulsified MCT oil. If that this is a cum, I will it. never talk to you I again. I swear to God, my cum does not look like that, and it definitely doesn't keep that well in plastic. Pristine white. <laughs> well. You're so healthy. Uh, I'm eating a lot of organic foods. Is that too much? It's changed the way my cum looks. Wow, it looks um, like Elmer's glue. No, that's not too much at all. This is this is nothing wrong with this. We were, we were okay. talking before for people that just tuned in. There was no other way to tune in. No. But unless uh, the you bugged the FBI studio. The FBI is, yeah, has recording <laughs> us. Um, we were talking about the the drama behind taking too much MCT oil. Mm-hmm. There's a feeling that you get <laughs> where like a, yeah. like a water bubble pops right. in your stomach. You're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's and like you, a, just abortion. Yeah. Like a five-month abortion. <laughs> There's a, some ribs crack. Yeah, something goes wrong, and then you must get to the toilet immediately. And right. I don't know why... It, I was I was trying to figure it out like whether or not it's like the oil itself where it lubricates, but that doesn't make any sense because a lot of water comes out of your body too somehow That's or another. True. I don't get it. Uh, do you ever do colonics? No. Yeah. Are they not good for you? Have you ever? Are they? I don't know. I don't know either. But placebo effect is a measurable effect. Right. So if you think it's good for you, maybe it is. Or I don't know. But um, I have done a couple. And uh, I don't do them anymore. I just was like, when I first got money, I was like, well, I should pay guys to like put things in my butt. That's so a guy did it? A guy did it, yeah. Is that weird? Um, yes, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Judging by the pause. Just so you know, like, well, because I was thinking about it, I was like, guys, I know putting things in my butt right. is weird, too. It's That's all weird. weird. Too. It's so all weird. Paying someone, I at least feel like I have a modicum of control and can actually sort of set boundaries, but... It, it's weird. There's so many weird things going on. It's hard to isolate what's uncomfortable about it. I feel it. like putting things in the bud is a lot like Catholic schoolgirls in that mm-hmm. suppression is yep. what, what creates the diamond, you know? Yes. You yes. know what I mean? It's true. Like, when, it's weird because he did find a diamond in there ah! when, <laughs> when he flushed me out. What I mean by that is um, when we were kids... We all knew that Catholic schoolgirls were like the biggest hoes. Right, because they had the repression. Yes. The pendulum has to swing hard. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You can't, like, yeah. there's yin and yang to this yes, life, right? right. To find equilibrium. There there's have a cycle. to be whores. Yeah, I, I did. Go, like, I went Bill, to Catholic school. I know. Did you? I did. Oh, Jesus. I did for a bunch of years. But How many? I, uh... Five, six, Whoa. but I was—I mean, uh, my fate was sealed way before Catholic school. <laughs> I mean, that was just like my excuse for my behavior. But I went to Catholic school. That's not why I was a mess way before then. Um, but it weirdly, yeah. I mean, there's so much transgression within the Catholics. Everyone was getting in trouble because, yeah. yeah, they were all sort of rebelling against. It's forbidden. It is forbidden. I think it's like the butt. It's I like mean, butt sex. It's the same thing. It's I like, feel, ooh, well, she, I. It's she funny. Gonna let you put it in there. <gasps> it's funny you said that because I was. <laughs> thinking about you uh during butt sack no oh. uh i was thinking about like because because i was like i'm coming on the show tomorrow and i felt like la- the last couple times i did the show is like i feel like i was in a weirdly like i was talking about like like i had just come back from vietnam with deformed babies and oh you know, yeah and i was like is it gonna go that way and last <laughs> night <laughs> are we gonna talk about deformed babies again because no. i'm out of deformed baby stories and i was at the gym last night it's i know it's obvious i go to the gym uh la fitness i go to la fitness because I'm, I'm successful wow and i can afford 28 dollars a month uh, no problem 
And I was in the bathroom, just like, you know, whatever. And I heard this girl on the phone. And she was like, you know, when you see someone pacing on the phone and you're like, oh, that's like a business call. And I, I just incapable of minding my own business. So I was listening to her. She was also yelling. And she goes, <laughs> uh, she goes, you know, <laughs> into the phone. She's like, you know, I don't really get it. I've only been asked to do one anal scene. <laughs> this is, I, it sounds like I'm lying. I know it sounds like this story is a lie. I've only been asked to do one anal scene. It went on and she's like, and it doesn't make any sense because I don't do anal in my personal life. So it's really tight. This happened in the LA Fitness locker room. Whoa. And I was just like, I was agog for many reasons. And uh, I would think that that would be like standard in LA that you'd run into porn stars. You'd think, and I'm sure we do all the time, I don't hear them talking to their, I don't hear them negotiating their deals. deals. <laughs> like, this went on for quite a long time. She did talk about when her rent was due. I, I mean, I was in there for quite a while, and it just made me think about how grateful I am that I don't. Do porn? Do porn. That's a good thing to be grateful for. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who uh, his buddy was dating a porn star. And it was like, no big deal. You know, yeah. it's no big deal. We all have sex. No big deal. Yeah. And then one day well. the straw that broke the camel's back was <laughs> she was going over her contract. And he was apparently there. They actually, I, I, yeah. I guess they have contracts sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if they always do. But in the contract it said airtight. And he was like, what's airtight? And she was like, it's a guy in every hole. And he's like. I'm good. That's I'm good. it. We're done. It's over. It's a wrap. That it was happened. It. That was Break it. Break the fourth wall. Just uh, one in the ass, one in the pussy, one in the mouth. Yeah, one in each ear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was, and I couldn't stop thinking about it uh, because I was, of course, like, I had just, we had been texting about, I came back from Tulsa and I had a connection and I was like, I have a, like, I. You were on what, what Bill Hicks used to call the flying saucer tour. What's that? Because you were in the places only where flying saucers go. That's. That's Amazing. That's what Hicks used to call it when I was, he would do the South. We'd do these flying saucer tours because that's the same as you. Yeah. That's how he would work out his stuff. Yeah, he would go to these yeah. like weird road gigs. I call it the kidnapped comedy tour, which is when I'm leave the airport with the driver. I'm like, I'm being kidnapped. Like, because I truly don't know where we're going. There's no house. I mean, we were just like in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, I'm either going to go to a casino and do stand up, or get murdered brutally in a field. Is that what you're doing? Casinos out I there? I did a casino. Yeah, yeah. Mo mommy's got bills. Oof. Uh, <laughs> mommy's got a lot of bills to pay. And uh, oh, and this girl, she just went on and on and on, and um, she said something that was so interesting to me. She was like, uh, and it doesn't make any sense because I don't do anal in my personal life. Yeah, that's crazy. And I thought it was so interesting that a porn star had boundaries in her personal life and but she'll do it on camera yeah with, she'll do it for money and i sort of it made me think about my boundaries <laughs> and i was like this girl has stronger boundaries than i do it's very well i mean it's a preference issue right like some girls actually like it like yeah. it's a bizarre thing i've had i've, I've had it uh, come up on stage before yeah. where people will, like raise their hands and say i love it yeah well, and you're like there all right many i get i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna chime in too much on this but i i i agree with you i think some people just like to be dirty too they like to be a dirty girl yeah i mean i just don't know when sex got so boring just regular old sex it's like it's got to be so weird now you i know? think it's a lot of it is who you're doing it with yeah why you're doing it to them yep is it maintenance sex yep are you really turned on right do you really like them do they right. do you want them to like you right. do you both are you mutually enamored with each other yep or is there is, a mental connection are you trying to just get them to be to enamored with you animals 
Yeah, is it two yeah. animals? Is it pure? Is it a power thing? Oh, is it like that Billy Joel song? What's that? Uh, matter didn't... of trust. Oh yeah, that's you a know? good one. Yeah, old school. Well, it's <laughs> or are we just so desensitized from porn. I'm fascinated by that. Well, there's definitely that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm doing this bit in my act now about the loss of pubic hair. That there was at yep. one point in time people yep. just had pubic hair, yep. and now it just seems like women don't have pubic hair anymore. Look, I got it lasered off <laughs> exactly. five years ago, and I have been freezing ever since. <laughs> I am so drinking hot tea just trying to stay warm. Have you ever thought of wool panties? Shivering. No, I'm going to have to get a Merkin or Wool's like plugs. Good. So, plugs? <laughs> get your eyebrows and bring I'm gonna them down to, to your I'm going to have to go to Piven's guy. Uh, <laughs> so I, it's interesting oh. you say that. A friend of mine, she is more like a family, like acquaintance, and she's got a daughter who's 15 who had her first sexual experience. At it was, I don't think they had sex, but a man, a, a man, a boy her age saw her naked. Okay, so there's no legal issues. Yes, here. there was no so like don't call normal the stuff. authorities. Normal stuff. She came home hysterically crying after her first teenage boy saw her uh, naked because he saw her private area and was like what is that he had never seen pubic hair before because he had only seen porn oh my god and he had never seen a labia before because in a lot of porn they have labiaplasties and they oh, remove them geez. so he sees this like horrific chicken gizzard and does, <laughs> he thinks that she's deformed or has a giant skin tag because oh. in porn they don't have a lot of it yeah is that that common that they get their labia chopped it's off pretty common when you see a vagina in porn that does not have the orchid like you know, yeah. I don't elephant ear <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Catcher's mitt. Yes. <laughs> I don't I know just... what porn. You're watching milf porn, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> milf porn. That's apparently well the most popular. Porn. Really? Yes. You I know why? I have a theory with that. What's the theory? The same it. reason why Ron Jeremy was a big time porn star. Because like people yeah. looked at Ron Jeremy fucking these girls and they're like, hey, I if could, Ron Jeremy can fuck these girls, yes. it's not like Ryan Reynolds. It's no. like, I kind of look like Ron Jeremy and he's getting laid. Yeah, he wears yeah. a t-shirt in his porn. <laughs> yeah. And if you see these uh, these women that are yeah. like 45 and still doing I could porn, get, I could get I could her. get her. Oh, yeah. She's I have like, her. She's in my living room she's right now. She's down the street. She's in apartment 4C. <laughs> yeah, I'm married to one. That crazy bitch. She's right over there. Interesting. So uh, maybe just like movies, there's like aspirational and then there's, you know, yeah. relatable. Relatable, I you think, know? is a, a big factor with the MILF porn. I guess for me, I can't. And maybe this is my uh, being a girl. Maybe it's being a comic. Maybe it's having a hyperactive amygdala. I don't know. But when I watch porn, it's really hard for me to separate what I'm looking at from how the person got there. And mm. when they're young, I'm like, she's an idiot. And she had a bad childhood. And it happens. But when they're older, unless it's Jenna Jameson or someone who's been doing it for a long time, I'm like, who at 43? Yeah. Starts doing porn. It's just too tragic for me. Well, the the jump off, like how do you jump off the train and when do you decide yeah. you've had enough years on the ride? Yeah. That's the that would be the issue, right? And is there is it cuz there's I mean so many of them are on drugs and and had bad childhoods and I mean I can't I the only porn I really am able to watch is this is so like tum, you know Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr, Tumblr has great porn because it's just in increments of like eight seconds. Wait a minute, it's, Tumblr is porn? They have no. Well, it's it's like teenagers' blogs about Twilight oh. and like Pinterest type collections of furniture and stuff. But there's you know there's animated also, gift files exactly. But there's also like some porn ones that are sort of 
tasteful. And it's hmm. only an increment of eight seconds and it just replays it. So you don't have time to see like the bad furniture in the background or the, you know, like I can't, I get distracted by the, you know, the decor, the bed. I'm like, that's, that's, that's Ikea. It's not assembled properly. Like I get distracted <laughs> so easily. <laughs> like if a girl's got a tattoo on her thigh, all I can think about is what it's going to look like in 20 years. Like I can't separate <laughs> enjoying porn from the porn star's bad decisions. That's hilarious. And I get worried about them. So this is good because it's eight seconds and I can't, my mind can't wander. Okay, I get it. I yeah, get and it. they have some that are black and white, which is kind of oh, it's sexy. It's arty and yeah. it always looks consensual. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really get turned on, but because I can <clears throat> tell when a girl is faking. I can tell. I've done it. I've seen it. I know, you know. Mm. So when a girl's just like overdoing it or something, I'm just sort of like, oh, that's a bummer. So it is a, a strange thing. The overwhelming number of people that watch other people have sex and masturbate. It's amazing. It's in amazing. history, yep. in the history of human beings, yep. there has never been more people masturbating to 100%. other people having sex. Amazing point. It's, it's a, true. Weird. It's fascinating. And also, I've gotten kind of obsessed with this because I recently did uh, a movie where, and you know, when you do stuff, you do like focus group testing. And there was a scene in the movie where Blake Griffin, the basketball player really funny actor like he's great in it is with Cecily Strong they're married and the scene was that uh, I wrote it with Neil Brennan actually that he walks in on his wife masturbating and what that is you know like women walking on men ma ma guys masturbate all the time but how he takes it personally and you know it's sort of a threat to his masculinity and manhood and he's insulted and his feelings are hurt and all this stuff and uh so she's at a table and there's a computer and that's the deal. I guess I just put my own experience into it. Not no, I just assume everyone masturbates the same way to the same things, the same vibe. When we played it for the focus groups, everyone was so confused about what was going on when he comes in and sees her at the desk with her hands under the table with the computer. And then she throws the computer down and she's freaked out. And to me, it's very obvious that she was masturbating in the scene. Uh, in the focus groups, this one guy was like, oh, I had no idea she was masturbating. I mean, where were the candles? Whoa. I was like, what? You light can't Like, everybody <laughs> masturbates so differently, I learned. That dude masturbates with candles. I was like, you light a... <laughs> you have a ceremonial... Because I thought all guys just masturbate under a bridge uh, <laughs> where they belong. And then... A <laughs> <laughs> the women were even weirder. This one woman was like, oh, I had no idea she was masturbating because she wasn't in the tub. Oh, like, God. You just... <laughs> That's so specific. Masturbate in your own... Like, Juices? So That's gross. pussy soup. Yeah, don't... It's totally... Like, just... It, it, That's what I feel about tubs anyway. You're not really even totally clean. You're kind of no. in pussy and asshole soup. <laughs> I mean, just what you're doing. Here, you're making tea. It's you really got to take a shower after you take <laughs> yes. a bath. You're making yes. tea. Put some yeah, MCT. You're making pussy tea. So it's just this. I mean, we're comics, <laughs> so we're. I'm fascinated by like people's deep dark secrets, and I feel like masturbation is that. La we show our lives to everyone yes. on social media. You know what I eat. You know where my your kids. Are, everyone. You don't really do that, but most people. Ex everything. The one thing we don't know about anyone is how they masturbate. Well, I think also it highlights the problem with so those focus groups. Those focus groups are filled with morons. Because well, most people that are doing... Think about the doing, kind of person yeah. who needs $50 cash. Yeah, right now. And we'll go watch a movie in the valley for 50 bucks. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you're like, hey man, I'm fucking normal, I'm just broke. It's not you, man. But no. you know the people that you're doing it with. Yes, yeah. Okay, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's. I have a complicated relationship with focus groups because 
were comics. I lo- Anonymous Strangers Feedback is how I f- seek the truth. And sure. that's who I listen to. Like, I would rather Anonymous Strangers Feedback than, like, a network executive who's, like, got all these, you know... Um, sort of preconceived ideas of what a show should be like based on some formulaic thing that worked 10 years ago. You know, right. I let the involuntary laugh, that's to me where the truth is. So I, I have a complicated relationship with focus groups because I really do trust strangers. Well, you kind of have to if you're a comic. Yeah. You know, because we're, we have a weird art form in that we're one of the very few art forms that requires other people to make it form. People we've never met and know nothing <laughs> about and put complete trust in. Yeah, if we don't do that, <clears throat> it won't be good. No. Just, I mean, you can't write, you can write a few jokes on their own and they yeah. come out really good, but yeah. you can never write an act. Like, have you ever, and I know a bunch of comics that do this, like, if I'm sitting in a vacuum, like, writing jokes, I can be like, oh, this is funny, and you go do, you know, it's very, I mean, I feel like I'm going to, I definitely have a, I'm usually pretty close, but there are times that it's just like, yeah, there is not a linear relationship with what I think. That's why you're having a, <laughs> you just put a giant squirt of MCT <laughs> no, that's oil. Fine. That, that squirt is too is fine. much MCT no, oil. No, it's like cream. Look, it's great. Looks you, good in there. It, it, Tastes good. That is too much. You just, you're, you're. Trust me, it's not too much. Are you sure? Yeah. What I'm talking about is like... I want to know how like, much you drank... A lot. ...that was an overdose. Well, have you ever seen those uh, smoothies? That was half a bottle. Have uh, you ever seen the smoothies that I put up on Instagram? I call them yes. Hulk Loads. Yes. Those are the, that's the problem. Yes. In there, that is put, also a brand of porn, by the way. Hulk Loads? <laughs> <laughs> I put like a quarter of a cup of MCT oil in that. Is there... I don't know anything about... It. Is there a point where your body stops metabolizing something because it's gotten enough of it? Yes, but I hit that point. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, I hit you know that exactly. 100%. Got it. I get it all. Okay. I'm and getting this all is the a vitamins, daily thing, this all much the MCT. Well, I, this that squirt right there, that little baby squirt, that's nothing. You're yeah. a monster and your <laughs> your Shrek hand literally in one squirt released half of that bottle. <clears throat> yeah. I've never seen anything like that. I I, go I shudder at the idea of you jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> I I literally feel I have sympathy for your death. Strange noises. <laughs> And what you just did to that bottle <laughs> was intense. Your dick needs a day off. I'm never going to look at my hands again never, and think of Shrek hands. Never touch it again. I'm, I'm, your dick is filing a restraining order okay. against your hands. Well, thank God for fleshlights. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be our sponsor. Really? Yeah, way back in the day. It was our first sponsor. Yeah. The only sponsor that we had was the fleshlight. I remember um, I had sort of an aha moment with one of my uh, specials. I think it was on Comedy Central. You kind of find out who you are based on who buys advertising time on your show. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I did some special on Comedy Central, and the ads were all like Adam and Eve sex toys, (laughs) Valtrex. I was just like, oh, okay. There it is. (laughs) That's who I am. Good to know. The the, the focus group thing, um, I just can't imagine that no one would understand that a woman with her hands in her pants watching a computer wouldn't be masturbating. They were very confused. Unless guys assume that women don't masturbate to porn. To porn, yeah. That's a good point. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't talk about that kind of stuff with my girlfriends. And it's you don't? A, no. Nope. We don't. I'm not like, what do you masturbate to? Wait no. A you guys don't. Uh, Just guys sit around talk about and that all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. We joke about it. No. Like, we prepare. Like, some guys prepare. I don't like, even talk about sex with guys with my girlfriends. I really? talk about it on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> to strangers. You don't talk about it with your girlfriends? No. Is that but, odd? Well. It's not odd. It's it's just like 
I mean, I'll definitely sometimes try to corroborate. Like, I'll be like, hey, is this happening? Or is this just, you know, is this a right. thing? And they're like, How yeah. How many times do you get smacked? Yeah, like, are yeah. you? Because that's the new, the pussy. Sorry. Oh, I really? I hate that word. Pussy? The you smacking. Pussy? No, I hate the word pussy in a do not you? sexual I don't hate it. It just feels like it's reserved. It's just not. It's only for sex. I don't use it in a colloquial way, but I don't have another substitute for it because vagina is a bummer. Your vagina is uh, <laughs> like an ant. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. an ant from yeah. Mississippi. It's like non-sexual. It's, it oh, it's vagina. It's very clinical. Uh, I don't have a synonym for it, but the slapping. Ca- like I always know what's the new trend in porn because it'll, you know, slapping pussies the, is the new trend. Slap. Yeah, well, you'll get like a slap. That doesn't seem like it would and be good. And I don't good. know if it's like a. Am I in trouble? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what. What girl. if I just slapped your dick? Would you? Well, that would not. That would not feel good. I don't no. know why anybody would like. I don't to know get why slapped. any man. I just think guys assume that since we give birth and that's such a shocking amount of t- pain that we can endure anything. I don't know. Hmm. It's a weird little. Well, there's something that happens in porn for sure yeah. where they escalate. Where it used to be just people having sex. Yep. If you go back to old porn, it would be like a secretary and a boss, yeah. and oh, I'm so tense, and the guy gives her a back massage. Yep, yep, yep. Next thing you know, they're having just regular sex. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, it became like gagging and slapping and fucking coughing Going and tears. Going back and forth from one to the <clears throat> other, which is... Super dangerous. That is a UTI way, a septic infection. That's yeah. all I can think of, you know. Yeah. Stuff that's like you should not do in real yeah. life. It's a really setting bad example, I must it's a say. terrible yeah. example. And guess who's having to suffer? This guy. It's yeah. us. We're the ones that have to be like, meh. And then we're like... You mean women. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we just have to like play defense because there's always a, what porn did you watch today? It's like, what am I getting hit? Am I getting choked? Like, <laughs> what <am> I, <laughs> I, can you please teach me jiu-jitsu just so I can get through this? It's going to take a long... It's yeah. not something so you just teach somebody. It's not like, this is the letter A in cursive. I have a question. I was okay. thinking about this because I always am trying to equate like our primordial instincts that we have not evolved past and with modern technology and alarm systems and how we get out those impulses in the modern world. Like, you know, th- did you hear about these food trucks that were in downtown LA? They're like these awesome food trucks who in every day are at a different location and guys go on Twitter to find where they are and yeah. they go. So I'm like, that's hunting, right? That's the closest thing these guys have to hunting if they're not wow. you, right? That's a weird way of thinking it. Isn't it? Hmm. I didn't know. Uh, I never equated that before, but I guess kind of. If men have a primordial need to chase things <laughs> and go kill and slay or whatever it is. So if there's an inherent need to be violent, let's say, and people don't get to do what you do and a lot of people that you talk to do, do they, I guess here's my question. Do people who get the impulse to fight out either professionally or recreationally, are they less vi- violent sexually? Like, do they not need to... Does it have to come out somewhere? I, I would imagine they would be less violent sexually. Yeah, because they get that. Yeah, urge. I, would, I would imagine they'd be less violent overall. Agree, because they get to purge it somehow. <clears throat> yeah, and well, I think road rage. When you see people in road rage incidents, uh, the the likelihood of them coming straight from a jujitsu class and having road rage is almost zero. Yes. Because when I'm I'm come home from jujitsu and someone cuts me off, I'm like, oh, dick. Yep. And that's it, dick. So I mean, you know how much. You know, what your threshold is for how much violence or not even violence, uh, I don't know what testosterone, whatever it is. I think is. it's more tension than anything. Yeah. 
releasing it. Yeah, I think it's more... Most people never get to release it. No, most people don't. And I think our bodies... I, I always describe our bodies as like a leaky battery, that we have a certain amount of reward systems that are yeah. built into our bodies, fight and flight, and worrying yeah. about you know how to gather food, and worrying about incoming tribes that are going to rape and kill us. Yeah. And I think those, those things are just ingrained in our DNA, yeah. and they don't get met or even addressed at all in modern society. Right. When you have a, and I have a friend of mine who has a really bad neck, his neck is all fucked up, and uh, he works at a desk all day. He's uh-huh. not. He doesn't. He hardly exercises. He does like a little bit of exercise. Yeah. But I'm like, man, your body has demands, yep. and you're not meeting it We're by just sitting there with no. shitty posture at your My desk. My doctor says sitting is the new smoking. Yeah, that's a lot of people say that. Now. Yeah. Oh. It is, yeah. Well, that's why we're in these chairs. These things are called capiscos. Oh, really? They're from Ergo Depot. Is this Depot. a Simeon? No. <laughs> you would you would be I really would numb. Then you would need like, a slap I... down there. It's very distracting. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. But oh, you okay. feel how con- these are forcing yeah, you yeah. to sit like this. Yeah. You know, and they this, are. Oh. Yeah. Have you yeah. noticed it? Well, so you, I wear I wore an underwire bra today, so that forces me <laughs> to do this. What does that do? Like pushes it, down? Well, it no. It's like um, <clears throat> it's uh, like three harpoons. <clears throat> That oh. are just, and if you move, they sort of jam into you. Is I, it, what is that? Is it a posture thing? Y- y- no, it's just a, Uncomfortable? Um, like a masochism, misogynistic uh, lingerie thing. Is that just to make your tits perky? Uh, yeah, I haven't done laundry. My uh, cleaning uh. lady's sick, so I'm improvising and wearing things that I wouldn't normally wear. Oh, okay. And I can't believe women wear this all the time, because I normally don't wear underwire. Now, does that, here's, I always wanted to know this, do, do, do support bras mm-hmm. actually support your breasts and keep them from starting to sag? Yes. <clears throat> That's like any part of <clears throat> the skin, like, you know, if you hold something up. So I know a lot of women who have pendulous breasts who wear right. bras to sleep so that they don't, you know, because so their skin's elastic. fully get beaten down by gravity. Yes. And then you so have a you kid go, and it's, you know, Right. If you go over. Africa style. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, yeah. there's no way around that, right? Yeah. But this, unless you wear a support bra, this is just more like, I normally never wear underwire. Um, because it makes me a bad person, uh, but I because you're in pain. I'm just yeah. I'm just it's just uncomfortable. Irritated. Yeah, I'm used to thongs. I've I've gone numb in that area. I've Ooh. just had to acquiesce to them. Like, like your butt crack goes yeah. numb. But yeah, yeah, it's like if I mean, basically. There's a just, certain type of <clears throat> you get the fuck so is used wrong to my throat today. I don't know. It's probably MCT oil. It's <laughs> No, but I I have gotten so it's amazing and I'm just always fascinated by and we're seeing it You know, I think everyone's it's sort of a zeitgeisty word right now normalization or desensitization I'm Mm -hmm. obsessed with how we acclimate because I think it's our human instinct to acclimate to some kind of pain or um, lower our tolerance to um, deal with the consistent pain or discomfort or whatever how we sort of um, have this amazing ability to adapt and uh, I didn't wear thongs, didn't wear thongs. I was resisting it, resisting it. Finally started wearing them. They were so <laughs> uncomfortable for a couple months. And then I forgot I had one on and peed through one once. That's you peed through it? Peed through one. I sat so down. So you sat down on the toilet. Just, you thought you were naked. That's how little I felt it. Were you on any kind of medication at this time? You know, I should have been. I probably should have been on antipsychotics. I can't believe you peed through no, your underwear. No, like I, I, I got the super light like camo ones. Actually, Under Armour makes camo. like workout ones that mm. are you or they're called camo. I think and they're not like um, uh, camouflage. Right. I'm not. I'm not hunting oh, in them. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because Under Armour makes a lot of hunting gear. Oh, does it now? Yeah. Didn't know that. They started making. <laughs> <laughs> they start. They did not ask me to be the face of that campaign. I yeah. can't imagine why. Um, you but, could be if you wanted to ch- try a new career. Really? They're always looking for women to get involved in hunting. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like a big thing. Like pretty girls yeah. that go hunting. Is that like a, Is that sexy? 
Um, I think some people think it is, uh-huh. but what what it is is unusual. Yeah, you see these girls with full makeup on, with like really well applied camo on their face, so it's like oh, kind of obvious. Yeah. And then they have like a dead lion next to them, and then they, that... know, they take these Facebook photos, and it gets really weird. Like, like there was a girl; she was pretty famous for it because she was a cheerleader in Texas, mm-hmm. and she shot a lion. And like Ricky yeah. Gervais and all these people went crazy yeah. and they're attacking her and yeah. and it became the Kendall Jenner I think is her name and uh, was that that's a famous the, Kardashian is that the, am I right you Ke- might no way there's not, there's no way Kendall that's Jenner. The, it's Kendall something or other. I, I mean that's the most endearing <laughs> so thing you've ever done <laughs> so what's that Kendall Jones Jones oh, there it is not Kendall far. Jones not far pretty close yeah yeah I'm I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> Someone was trying to if explain to me. If you were in me. the Kardashian loop, I'd be concerned. <laughs> Which one's the one that had the? There it is. There's the girl with the lion. Ugh. Like, see, so yes. there's something. There's something yeah. weird about like this picture right here. Look, look at this picture. I don't want to look at just, it. Just, just take a look. Real no, quick. I've, I think but, I've but, seen this. Act, this, this will ruin like my week. Ash, you'll be fine. My take, hippocampus this, can't. This sexy pose with a bow. In yeah. A, in a dead lion. Yeah, and, I can't look at it. <laughs> and by the way, that lion. Is um you know it's lions all, but there's a weird thing about the hunting lions thing too because a lot of them they're in these high fence places where they go and these lions are kind of trapped in these yeah. areas yeah and sometimes they actually release the lion the day of the hunt so this lion had been in a cage Disgusting. and then they release the lion and this woman goes out and shoots the I mean I don't know if that was the case with her yeah. this person who yeah. man sometimes yeah. will go out and shoot the lion the lion literally has no idea what's going on it's yeah. not even a free range lion yeah so to me that's a mentally <laughs> person but my question for you is that is there something primordial about because I think you know we are uh, I think inherently and this is gonna sound wrong or it's gonna sound like feminist whatever but like there's a lot of um, evidence that uh, we're matriarchal species not that women should have more power but that we're sort of designed to like orca whales lions like female lions do all the hunting and the mm-hmm. men just it's not economical for their energy because they're so big to do right. the hunting they'd have to kill twice as much food right or whatever, they're there right? for protection yeah and so um and fucking and whatever so is there something uh some sort of reptilian attraction to seeing a woman go hunt food even though it's ironically a lion you know no i don't think so is it like watching a woman cook watching a woman <coughs> cook is probably sexy but is watching them hunt the same thing right? i don't i don't think so yeah but maybe it's just maybe it varies i think it's mm-hmm. more in the lines of watching a woman cage fight like there's some really pretty women that yeah. fight now and, and is that because i'm always sort of in this thing and and people always tell me like i have alpha vibe and that's not sexy to men or it is or is it case by case or is it a generalization i'm just always interested well i think what you are is powerful and that's what's scary to people that are insecure you're you're a go-getter you're constantly doing things and you're con- like i would imagine that a guy who doesn't test himself or a person who's not accomplished would be very insecure around someone who's like got more more ambition and more drive and more irons in the fire than they do so they would feel insignificant insignificant like a which lot is of ironic because my engine is insecurity Ooh, that is ironic. Yeah. That's what fuels the fire. Yes. But if you were secure, would you be as ambitious or would you be exactly the same? I don't know if I can even entertain that hypothetical because the idea of being secure is so foreign to me. Well, what if someone came out with a security pill? Yep. And you took that that's bad called boy. cocaine. They, <laughs> they that have work? they have that. See, no, that's a know. that's a chatterbox pill. That's yeah, what that is. Yeah, that's true. That's a let's start a business. From even what I, I understand, it does. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> you know those Let's fucking people? Let's start a business. Dude, I'm telling you, man, we need to go into business together. Yeah. I've got a good idea. I've yeah. got an amazing idea. Yeah, no. I've, there's, I've, a, there's a co-op that I'm working with. Yeah. There's, a, uh, there's vitamin companies. Yeah, they, branding out of China. Branding. Yeah. You've done an amazing job with your brand, Whitney. Yeah. Well, oh, thank you so much. Your brand's amazing. Have you ever heard yeah. someone refer to you as your brand? Yes. That is, that's such a bizarre way of putting things. You know, it's it's got such a pejorative weird, but we're comics, so we have an allergy to anything corny. Yeah. Like we can't, when <clears throat> totally. people say it with, like we can say it, but we have to do it with like an eye roll. Like you have a very strong brand, but you, but part of your brand is not being the guy who goes, me and my brand. Part of my brand is not having a brand. Yeah, but you, yeah. Ha you do have one. <clears throat> I guess. Uh, incredibly <clears throat> strong, clear one that anybody could, you know, uh, like say in one sentence, but part of it is because you're so authentic and anti, like, you know, conscientious, calculated marketing that the word is anathema to your brand. Well, that's but one of the one. that's one of the big issues in the quote unquote hunting community about a lot of these girls that are involved in this uh, this hunting. Like you don't yeah. know, so I'm going to explain it to you. There's yeah. there's this whole movement where these pretty girls have. I mean, maybe some of them are. I mean, for sure, some of them are authentic. I don't want to yeah. discredit the ones that are authentic, but a lot of them. Are essentially and authentic, using and let me just ask you because I really want to understand the and this is maybe a generalization uh, about men and women, but do you think women have the DNA and the true reward system? Are they getting dopamine from hunt? Are they inherent hunters? The same way women like playing sports, yeah, they would love hunting. Interesting. Yeah. The, the same way people like very challenging and difficult things Got that it. offer you a massive reward when Got you it. do it. But like, sports is there's teamwork, yes. which is uh, uh, gives us dopamine and adrenaline, you know, because sort of. I'm sort of interested in women in general that are, do things like make out with other guys when they're not lesbians just to get another guy's attention. You mean make up with other girls. I'm sorry. What did I say? Guys. Yes. Yeah. Make up with other girls. Right. Make out, out. with other girls. Um, like are women hunting because they want to or because it's they feel socially pressured. I think there's both. Okay. I mean, I think we would obviously would make a massive generalization, generalization. Yeah, if we yeah, said yeah. women do this because yeah. that. I hate that shit. Yeah. I hate when people say the left does this or the yeah, right does stupid. that or men do it's this. Reductionist. Or, it gets goofy. Yeah. I've just never met someone that does it, so I have no right. I know a lot of them. Women that do. A lot of them. Yeah. And some of them are unquestionably authentic, mm -hmm. but some of them are unquestionably targeting social media and these specific avenues of uh, getting famous and making a living. And inside the hunting community, yeah. it's a very hotly debated subject about like whether or not some of these women are legit and who is legit and who's yeah. like there are like. And what if they're not legit? Does it matter? Or no, no it doesn't yeah. matter. Why is it different than a girl who's a fitness freak? Yeah. You know, a girl just likes doing yeah. squats. Whatever's, and, I mean, we're designed to keep, if we get attention for something, our yeah. brain just keeps doing it. There was a Vice thing about that today that I retweeted. What? About uh, thirsty pictures. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean Instagram? Girls, girls like with bras on yeah. and like, why do they do that? Like, yeah. why do they? Because they're getting likes. Yeah. Why do they have their ass hanging out with a yeah. thong with their, you know, the legs like sort of exposed in bed where they're pretending that they're sleeping? And, and why are millions of people looking at them? Yeah. Because we like it. You know? Yeah. And thirsty. Yeah. I mean, what got us attention is what we're going to keep doing. Hashtag thirsty. Yeah. Who is the, you know, perpetrator? Is it the person doing it or the person enabling it? Well, I don't want anybody to stop because yeah. I like looking at those pictures. <laughs> do you so, follow that on Instagram? I follow a lot of hoes. Really? What does that do for you? Not much. Like, but I follow a lot of dummies, too. Why at 2 p.m. do you want to, like, I... 2 p.m.? 
Like, yeah, I, I just, just specifically but I mean, you're right after lunch. It. Yeah, and just like <laughs> buttholes after lunch. You know, well, there's not many buttholes on Instagram. Right. Instagram is all it has right. to be like PG thirteen. Yeah, but is you that know. distracting? Do you think it's because I'm fascinated by what we put in our brain and the sort of well, way it, it wires our brain? Does that just sort of make you exacerbate the obsession with sex? Well, let me let me go over my thing right now because okay. for me, I follow I think more than a thousand people. Oh, so this is not yeah. curated. I follow 1,224 people. So what, wow, I, what I try to do with yeah. my Instagram feed is have it be a cascade of humanity. I follow people who are animal rights activists and yeah. vegans. You want to know every angle. I follow people angle. who are bodybuilders. Yep. I follow people who are fight. I follow, if you looked at like when I, you know, you do the search and the algorithm tries to find out like what who you, you like. are. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking chaos. I don't know place. what the fuck I am. Yeah. There's flowers and, yeah. and dead deer and guys getting head kicked and yeah. muscle cars. And yeah. it looks like I'm a fucking crazy person, which yeah. I probably am. Right. But what I do is I try to, if you have anything remotely interesting, I just follow you. Right. Well, see, and then I unfollow people all the time, too. This is interesting about you because this, to me, uh, illustrates an absence of ego. Like, you're very like, I'm open to anything. I just want to know how everybody thinks. And that's so cool. Because well, I definitely have an ego, but I, I, I beat the fuck out of it. It, you're you it's interesting. I mean, maybe it's you know, you know more than I do But I find that I get very threatened by things that I that upset me like you just saw that like I was yeah. like this is gonna this, My whole day is gonna be dedicated to like obsessing about you know um, So I think I'm doing something that's kind of under the guise of self-protection or boundaries But I actually end up robbing myself a little bit by like I went through that discovery page and there's f photos that I don't want to see because I do a lot of like dog rescue and then you end up right. getting a lot of like Seeing head beheaded dogs and the yeah, Chinese dog, and I just that. I don't want to see it. You land that dog festival. Yeah, I'm too um, hyper vigilant, and I'm just too like I have you know trauma survivors. We don't have the same ability to calm ourselves down, and so it just will all the aftermath is just too much for me. So I went in and I on the discovery page you can put see less photos like this. So I'm now narrowing my uh, sort of. As my new puppy I eating broccoli. Throw me Money. Make you feel better. What kind of what's his name? <laughs> ah, That's Marshall. Marshall. He's a, uh, a golden retriever. The he's best. A, he's the sweetest. Best security system you will ever have. This guy for dogs. I mean for barking. Just having dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I had a uh, someone break into my house. Is that your Whoa. first dog? No, no. This was like you have a, I have a ton of dogs. Yeah. Um, well, I have three. Three. I now, feel like I know so much about you, but I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had this guy, uh, the security guy, uh, come to my house, and he said the best security system is putting chimes on all of your. Uh, doorknobs mm -hmm. because people that break in they you know they expect an alarm and then they know they have like three minutes or something right. but if they open a doorknob and there's like some dream catcher but you right. know making a bunch of noise they freak out Jingle and bells. then yeah and then a dog yeah I mean, dogs. I three dogs are good yeah and you've got big dogs too. i have pit bulls yeah yeah that's a good move yeah for sure yeah they've taught me a lot you know for me it's like the the thing with me is that i'm not as sort of mentally i don't have the same like functional mental acumen that you have uh, and all the work that I do to try to rewire my brain it's very hard to practice uh, in the problem you know it's very hard to practice uh, you know without 
something where the ramifications aren't going to be huge. Like practicing on people is just <laughs> sort of, mm. you know, if people are so triggering that it's hard to get out of the fight or flight uh, sort of fear mindset if you're with the very kind of person that triggers you. So animals are a great way for me to uh, work on the things that I'm working on. How do people trigger you? Like in what way? Um, I have sort of like just because of how I grew up, I grew up in a alcoholic home and anyone that has like an authority sort of vibe uh my brain and we all i think tend to kind of do this if we're not like checking ourselves in our in our conscious mind we recreate our childhood circumstances so i sometimes i i'm just trying to make sure i don't go through my life where everybody's a projection of what happened to me just sort of being in this moment instead of this network executive is my dad and this, Ooh. you know, the, the guy that runs this comedy club is my mom. You know, we sort of, huh. my our brains go, I know what this is. And then we start doing our old behaviors, our care, our, you know, the sort of, um, you know, protection mechanisms that we developed. And horses are actually helping me the most with it, but dogs help too. Wow. You know, I for me, it's. It doesn't really happen anymore, but when I was younger, places and people that I knew when I was a loser yeah. would make me feel like I was a loser Of course, again. you just time travel back, and yeah, all of a sudden like, you're oh, eight years old. I'm still a loser. i got to get away from you. Yeah. I mean, it. Ha I mean, it's just, it's so, and I'm working on, um, you know, I think there's a lot of advantages to being hypersensitive. I think that's probably why we're good at what we do for a living. We make observations. We have to be sensitive. We, comedians, the idea is to see things that no one else sees, And um, but I find myself struggling a lot as I you know, do what I do for a living when I deal with ostensible authority figures recreating my childhood circumstances. And um, I also had, and I'm interested in your um, opinion or view on this, is, um, I mean, I have a very real addiction to adrenaline. Ooh. And it doesn't manifest in, you know, the MMA or, or the kind of adrenaline that you experience and see, but I had um, epigenetic imprinting, like which is when in the womb your mom has a lot of stress, cortisol and adrenaline, the baby gets addicted to it. So just like crack or anything, we can be addicted to neurochemicals. Yeah. So from a very early age, I had a really high tolerance for adrenaline um, and I find myself or found myself, not so much anymore, like in these just really dramatic situations that... Um, so that I get because adrenaline turns into dopamine. So it really. How do is. they prove that that that's ha what happens to the child? Because I would uh, assume mm, that. Yeah. How much of it would just be genetic, and how much of it would be circumstantial? And how do you prove that while this woman's yeah. under stress in yeah. the womb? Because I think you would have to. Because one thing you realize when you do have children is mm -hmm. that every kid is different. Yeah. You know. My, my two but every youngest, pregnancy is probably different. I'm after, sure. Because the first one, the mom is probably like, I've never Whoa, done this before. This the second one, they're like, I got this. Yeah. You know, by the third one, that you know, they don't yeah, even give like, a shit. Point. They hardly, yeah, <laughs> you and the MCT. Shoot it <laughs> they out. just drink some MCT <laughs> and knock it out. Lube up the box yeah. and push it out. Just give it a slap. <laughs> <laughs> Send it on its way. <laughs> uh, dad of the year, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Hashtag slap yeah. the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I think that there's, there's most certainly got to be some way that nature prepares the human for the circumstances it's going to face as a child. Totally. Michael Irvin was the first one to explain this to me. You know, the yeah. football player. Uh, he, and I, he and I were on. A, I try to stay away from football players. <laughs> he's a super nice guy. <laughs> I'm joking. But we, he and I were on a flight once, just randomly to Australia. It's one of those crazy 14-hour flights, you know. Mm -hmm. And we talked for a long time about yeah. this. 
because he's a big UFC fan. We just start talking about um, people that grow up in bad neighborhoods and children that grow up in abusive households yep. that you you develop this penchant for violence, yep. like very early on, like a, an addiction to violence. Mm-hmm. And, and then also he was saying that their trigger is so much the, like their wick, their their fuse is so much shorter Impulse than the control. average person. Yeah, yeah. it's just like yep. you have to Zero be prepared to easily, like, bang, yep. right right away. You got to yep. be prepared to go crazy. Yep. Whereas someone who grows up in a really happy, healthy environment where mom's on Xanax, mm-hmm. everybody's fine. You know, and then then you like you can't get going. Yeah. You know, so I wonder what's better. Is it better to be hypersensitive and uh, hyper fueled mm-hmm. and and always ready to sprint mm-hmm. and then figure out how to calm yourself? Yep. Or is it better to be just some dough ball with no instincts at all yep. that has to toughen up? I mean, I think that the answer is probably somewhere in between. And the idea is to be able to react to the circumstances you're in in an appropriate way. So if you're in a dangerous situation, to be able to go zero to 60 and defend yourself. But if you're not in a dangerous situation, to know that and to stop shadow boxing in a safe yeah. situation. So for me, I found myself, I grew up in a dangerous situation. I you know, was always at war. The war was over and I continued to fight a war that Right. wasn't happening. You're like one of those guys that was in World War II and they find him on some <laughs> totally, island outside of Japan totally. and he doesn't know the war's Just over. like to, covered in armor, you know. I uh, read about this guy that was on an island. He was on an island. He didn't know the war was over. He was a Japanese guy. Wow. He didn't know the war was over for 30 years. Yeah. He, he was wow. literally Tom Hanksing it on wow. this island. Wow. Maybe that's 20 years. unbelievable. 30 or 20. I think it was 30. That's how that's how a lot of people that grow up in dysfunctional homes sort of live. And I'm done taking it out on employees, employers, boyfriends, friends. Yeah. It's not fair to them. You know, one of the first things I heard in a, the 12-step program I'm in is uh, this guy said um, he was leading the meeting. He was like, the war is over. You lost. <laughs> <laughs> This is so great. You know, it's like time to put the weapons down and uh, start living. uh, It's really just being appropriate. So if you and I, you know, are in a relationship and you're like, hey, I got to step out and go do my podcast and I start feeling abandoned and scared, that has nothing to do with you. That's that gets weird. That gets weird. It's I've, I've not had fair to you. like that before. Yeah, or relationships or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to react to the present moment instead of what happened to me 20 years ago. I don't want to be a puppet of like my parents' failures. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out a way. So there are situations where you might have to go zero to 60 and fight for yourself, but knowing when those situations are actually happening and when they're not. Yeah, I feel like it's better to be able to go zero to 60 really quick yeah and just manage it and i know i can do that like that that but in a uh, conference room with three executives is is not the time (laughs) right (laughs) you know well my in my mind it's never the time to be in a conference room with three executives when i'm there i'm like okay let's get out of here let's go this is all fake talk but there's something what's what is that like is there is it because you're not getting adrenaline and scared to ever be them I'm scared to ever be locked into some cubicle existence. But you know I, on a conscious level you never will be. I know on a conscious level I'll never be there, but I know so they are. So is it an irrational fear? I'm around people that are dying of syphilis. They're right there. Yeah. You know, they're they're, they're rotting away. They've, they've got some Ebola or something. But, <laughs> they've got some so you know, what? economic no, it's just Ebola. Called, uh, in our field, that's just called a law school degree. Um, well, it's any, uh, there was yeah. a guy that used to live next door to me, uh, and I used to call him Bling Bling, because uh, <laughs> bl- bling, all Bling Bling would do is talk about stuff. That's all he could ever talk about. Nothing. Like all this guy would do is talk about objects and new cars and new things. And that's threatening to you watch. in some way. No, it was just he was retarded. It's just he, boring. It's boring. So it's a lack of adrenaline. Well, I knew that he was trapped, and this guy was working. I think he was an attorney. I forget what he did, but 
he did he all he was doing was working towards objects, getting new objects. He had a nice house. Stuff. He had a nice car, but he's always like wanted to talk about cars and Sounds objects. Sounds like and he's stuff. in a lot of pain. <laughs> Well, he left his wife, and then shit got real crazy. Yeah. He was trying to get internal needs met with external things. He was also probably trying to bond with you, and he thought that was how. Maybe. That probably makes sense. He was probably just like, cars? He had a yellow Viper. Like me, like me, like me. Oh, that is depressing. Is he Persian? (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) Who is this man? I think he was Jewish. Is he single? He sounds awesome. (laughs) He's a good guy. He's got a gut, but whatever. You worked that off. He's a fixer-upper. Yeah, I'll give him this Zevia. Get him on some FenFed. I have some (laughs) leftover from the 90s. I'm going to give him some of that MCT oil, and he'll shit his belly. Do you remember Fen Fen? Were you around during the Fen Fen What's days? What's Fen Fen? Fen Fen was some crazy shit that they were giving girls in the 1990s. There was this one girl that I knew, and she was a very cute girl. She had mm-hmm. a beautiful face, but yeah. she had a food problem, you know, Uh-oh. whatever the area is. And she didn't weigh a lot. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't giant, uh-huh. but she was probably 5'2", 150 pounds. I'm not a mathlete, but I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, she was thick. Yeah. But not in the That's right in. way. I got it. Not in the right way. Disproportionate. She, just, she ate too much. Got it. She had a thick, wide belt. Anyway. Got it. I didn't see her for a long time. And then I saw her, and she weighed 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. She Five lost 50 two. pounds. Wow. Okay. She was normal size. Yeah. I mean, not normal size. She well, was thin. Well, in America, thin. that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. She was thin and attractive. I was like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. And she's like, oh, my doctor got me on fen-fen. And I was like, oh, okay. Phenylethylamine? Mm, I do not remember what the actual name of the- phenylethylamine is a adrenaline chemical. Is mm. it like speed? like an Adderall? It was speed. It's totally yeah. illegal now. Yeah. And people died. A lot of people died. Here it is. Ooh. Oh, fenfluramine. Fenfluramine. Fen. I remember when like diet pills, like Dexatrim, came out, ah. which I, I I definitely took when I was like twelve. Uh, but was what is that? Just like caffeine or Go something? To la- no, this is way harder than caffeine. Go to lasting damage from fenfen. By by the way, this is. Like There's a lot of loco. people that are on Adderall now. Yes. And I'm not telling anybody to not be on Adderall, but I want you to listen to me. Yeah. Everybody who's on Adderall, everybody who's doctor told you you need to be on Adderall, yep. you are on amphetamines. Yes. You are on speed. Do not get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. And, you know, if you're taking especially if you're taking it every day or three or four times a week. And then you're just going to develop a tolerance to it, and then that just speed. becomes an addiction. You're yeah. on speed, folks. And you might be okay with speed. Look, you're talking to a guy who just squirted a bunch of MCT oil and some coffee, and That's I That's naturally drink. occurring. Coffee, I mean, look, it's like, I mean, I have addiction in my DNA. If you know you don't, I mean, I would just explore that. And also, um... I'm trying to look at not the things I can add, but the things I can subtract. So instead of taking Adderall, why don't I just stop eating sugar and see and what happens? Maybe there's some beneficial aspects of Adderall to some people. I'm I'm willing to, to go yeah. there, but you got to understand. I know so many moms that are on fucking Adderall. It's shocking. There, there's so many of them, yeah. and they're around you, and they're yeah. all like peppy. Well, it's so and, fascinating oh. to me because the people I know who take the. <laughs> <laughs> They're no, like, I can't stop moving. No, but everyone I know is complaining about anxiety, which yeah. I, I'm sort of fascinated True. by because I think that's kind of like, you know, survival of the fittest. We are the fittest and the yeah. most anxious one because the most anxious tri- people and tribes were the ones that survived because they knew lions were, you know. I had to explain that to my daughter because my daughter was worried about some things and she she was asking me some questions and she was worried about stuff. And I said, do you know why you're worried about these things? Yeah. I go, it's a good thing. It's yeah. because you're smart and yeah. you're aware of danger yep. and you're aware of the variables. Yeah. 
I go, you're going to be fine. Yep. I go, but I'm like that too. Yeah. But I've just figured out how to manage it. Yep. So I had to like kind of explain it to her. Yep. I'm like, you're just a smart little girl. Yep. And you're you're aware like, hey, there's a lot of fucking idiots out here. Yeah. And some of them are on there. Like she freaks out when she sees people texting and driving. By the way, like, that's a normal. He's not, he's not looking at his car. It he's... kills more people than drunk driving now. Oh, yeah. She's right. She's right. To be. You know, yeah, it's just being anxious about that instead of something you can't control. Well, then the, the little brain starts going. You know, she's H is because like how do you how do you stop people from doing that? Like, what if they do that? And what if they hit our car? What if they hit somebody else's car? And what happens then? Her and I are the same person. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, and that that makes adrenaline, which makes yeah. dopamine, and you know, it sort yeah. of becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Our brains evolved to make anxiety feel good on some level and so it makes us feel safe. a lot of these crazy women that are the moms that she goes to school with mm-hmm. or her kids go to school with or her friends rather their moms they're on fucking Xanax too. So they're on Xanax and they're on amphetamines. So delete both and you're at the same place. But they want to stay this is the way to do it. This is the way stay happy. You have to be on Xanax because right. Xanax keeps you, <laughs> it keeps you from being scared and then and then and then, and then uh, Adderall keeps you peppy. My thing is I get if you, organized. If, <laughs> I'm so organized. If you can afford time wise and financially to go to the appointment to get Xanax and Adderall you have no actual problems. <laughs> no see the thing is they all want to go to doctors. They go to doctors constantly. Sensitive. Because you you get this idea in your head that yeah. you're going to find this guy and he's got a good job and you're going to live in a nice community and you're going to have children and yeah. then you're going to be happy. Sounds but then like my nightmare. You realize like oh well you're just breeding yeah. and then you know you have to find fulfillment in your actual existence, yeah. your day to day here and now, yeah. the moment like this, the moment yep. like right now. Yep. You have to find fulfillment in that. And it's not going to be in like Bling Bling's idea yep. where you get like oh, I got a boat now. Look at my boat now. I've got a fucking this and yeah. I've got to look at my new watch. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't work, and you keep trying to fill that hole up, and it never it never gets filled. No. So these women start going to doctor. I've got anxiety, and the doctor's like, hmm, "Here, take this." Anxiety gonna... is uh, is like opposable thumbs. It's been yeah. very effective and useful in our history. It's yeah. like this is the first time in our history that anxiety is not particularly useful because we have doors and locks, and you know. Um, but yeah, there's an interesting in. I hear entitlement when I hear about that. And look, I've definitely been like, I'm doing a show and I have to write a script and I'm going to take it. I've definitely cheated and cut corners. That's I'm not. How's that cheating and cut corners? I just mean when I'm like, I have to finish a script in four hours. I'm going to take a half an Adderall. I've definitely done it, but I know I have addiction in my DNA and I know that could get real ugly real fast. I've never done Adderall. What is it like? Yeah. Here's my experience. I'm sure it's different with everybody. My experience with Adderall is what I'm, because I, uh, I'm not easily distracted. I don't like when people diagnose themselves. I have ADD. I have OCD. It's like if you had any of those things, you wouldn't be able to sit on a podcast for an hour and you know but what and it, say it, it. but we'll get to that in a minute but go please no go. i just what it does for me and again it could be a placebo effect so many of these things that we take maybe with the exception of amphetamines but um certainly antidepressants and stuff uh is taking it is part of why it works just the act of putting it in your mouth and swallowing it right um i think placebo effect is something like 58 percent or something correct me on that because i'm probably wrong please um but uh so for me I find if I'm at my computer, because all these devices are all addictive too, the color, the cortisol, the adrenaline. So if I've got this device in front of me, I've got my computer and I'm writing, 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 and this dings and I'm here and then I'm on Instagram and then there's a link and then all of a sudden I'm reading about the apocalypse. Better check my email, might be important. Exactly. And then I'm (laughs) in a fucking email thing with it's totally a net, ha ha, like love you too, see you soon, see you soon. And then I just can't end of an exchange. And 
basically when I've taken Adderall in the past, I just do one thing with more enthusiasm and it is less appealing to me to go do other things. The other day I put my phone down to work out. I worked out for an hour and a half. I got done. I had 37 texts. It's too many. But like, they were probably all from me and, nah. <laughs> me and Nick Swartz. No, you, and Chris D'Elia. There's one thread that Whitney are, and Nick Swartz and Chris D'Elia, and we can't talk too much about this, but there's but one thread. You realize that we also oh. have our own thread without you when we worry we're bothering you too much? <laughs> Why do you worry you're so bothering me? So that's not even all of our exchanges Why all day. Why do you worry you're bothering well, because, me? Because like, you'll respond, but then you won't respond for like two days. Oh, you're like, oh, he's too busy. And Let's, we're like, we're gonna Joe's need a separate an adult. Thread. He has a family. We can't, like, if his wife sees that he has 40 mixed texts, mixed texts at midnight. Like, this is bad for his she marriage. She asks me. Like, I'm sometimes, sure she does. Sometimes we're watching TV and she's like, who's texting you? I'm like, a fuck, I'm a comedian. I, but it's like, why did Whitney just send you 40 texts? Like, he, well, she also sent it to two other guys. It's not, she's ruining everyone's she's, relationship. It's not a jealousy issue, but it is a, it's like, we're, we're a family. This is family She's not time. wrong. She's not wrong. And she no. also, there's something interesting about sort of being on your phone with kids is the new being drunk on your phone. Oh, because yeah. kids look at yeah. you and they think, oh, that device is more important than me. Mm. I must be a real piece of shit if daddy would rather look at that or Damn. mommy or whatever. Yeah. Damn. There's an interesting that like cell phone use is the new alcoholism. I, my little kid got a hold of Snapchat recently. No. And she's been doing these Snapchat videos. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> She's my a star. Six year, my six-year-old is hilarious. Like she doesn't. She uses the filters, so you, you don't yeah. you don't see it's her. But she oh, was good. Abraham Lincoln yesterday, and then she nice. became an evil snowball. Love it. She's a little fucking you, character. But she doesn't post that. No, right. no, no. She just put, leaves them on my phone, and then I sometimes I put them up on Instagram because they're so ridiculous. That's just so cute. Yesterday I started doing it, but I mean that's a but slippery. I know it, it's a slippery slope because they get addicted to those. Yeah those little things yeah and it all makes you know adrenaline so going back to what you're saying i don't think you're cheating because you take a half an adderall mm. to to work on a script it's no different than me drinking coffee to, yeah. or, or smoking pot i yeah. smoke a lot of pot yeah so if i if i smoke pot and write did i cheat to write i mean i don't know nope. i think it's just knowing i mean you said this earlier like knowing who you are and what your limitations are and what actually works for you and what starts being you know diminishing diminishing returns like yes. i know if i smoke pot every night it's not going to be as effective for me and i'm going to be groggy i like i just i have some restraint about it and some discipline not on new year's eve that was different <laughs> <laughs> she sent me a picture from new year's eve where she looks no. she, you look like you someone sprayed you with a mist of sweat <laughs> It's literally, I, so I had a, and I'll tell you about this next time I come on because I am writing about it in a book and I can't, and I, it's a long story, but I had a surgery and I don't do well on painkillers by some miracle uh, because my, genetically, my family loves painkillers, but I, for some reason, they make me really nauseous. So, and I was smoking weed instead, but um, I was also, uh, like, I don't know what your take on this, but my lungs were, I was like getting out of breath and I was like, let me just do these edible things. Really? Yeah. Cause I was just like, I was in like a spin class or something, which sometimes I do just for like anger management. And <laughs> <laughs> I picture you fucking gritting your teeth. I go uh, cracking your a, enamel. It's like <laughs> just going, just slamming my vagina against <laughs> in between. I do like rest being, sessions. A, yeah, just totally like, it's really hard on the, on the lady bits that's spinning. Uh, I can't do it too much. I heard it's rough. Yeah, right? they slam it back. Seat. It's a hard seat, and you're slamming and tapping it back. But there is this one class that I really like, and I like the instructor. And I just kind of cry and release anger and stuff, and it's painful. And I'm you cry. I'm, yeah. Once you're sweaty, like I can get away with a cry here. Usually, it's like it's yes, because there's something about for me when I feel a certain amount of emotional pain, it just like opens up some kind of 
well of sadness that if mm. it didn't, if I didn't cry it out, it's going to come out as anger another time. So I'd rather just release it in a healthy private oh. way and pay $38 in class. It's 38 bucks a class? Well, the, yeah, I think SoulCycle is like 38 bucks. Really? If you do it one at a time. If you do it, I do it in a package, so it's less. Oh, that seems super expensive to it ride is. a bike. It is. It's a bunch of like rich publicists. Uh pretending they have problems. I was in Aspen and it was uh, during the winter and they opened up I a soul cycle. Crazy. Yes, we're like soulmates. I love it up I there. I was at the, uh, the uh, um, not Throckmorton Theater. That's the Little the Nell. Mill- the, uh, yeah, that's where I stayed. That's where I was I there stayed. two nights ago. Oh my God. Uh, they have a festival there again now. Oh, do they? A yeah. comedy festival? Yeah. Shut uh, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, it was me and Neilan and When did they Margaret. start doing that again? It, like, I think this is the first year. It was, what's the theater? I the Wheeler. The Wheeler Opera oh, House. Yeah. yeah, I was just there two nights ago. I used to I do was that. sick the entire time. Yeah, what's hard with that oxygen up there? It's like eight thousand feet above it's sea level. It's so or 7, intense. Feet, I can't. Like it can't be healthy. Well, I think it is eventually, yeah. but not originally. Yeah. Not initially. Yeah. But uh, what was my point? Uh, uh, you were in Aspen. Yeah. And we. Uh, Soul cycle. Soul cycle. You Soul were spinning cycle. to not spin in I Aspen. I didn't spin. The best shape I've ever been in was when I was in Aspen for like a week and I worked out every day. Oh, yeah. yeah for like sure. Cut. Well, that's why fighters go up to Big Bear. And train, right. Yeah. And like uh, Steamboat Springs, maybe, or mm, Utah. Well, any, anywhere it's above. Yeah. Like in Colorado, they all do it. Denver, there's a, a team elevate that right. competes up there. Right. But. Um, Is it twice as much? Like you, like if you work out 20 minutes, does that equal the 40 it's, minutes? It's not that basically? it equals. Honestly, the, the way they think you're supposed to do it now they think you're supposed to actually train at sea level and then sleep oh. and, and live at altitude so if you could live at the base of big bear and then drive up to big bear to get your workouts in and then wow. drive down to live and sleep because the idea is or the opposite yeah drive yeah. down to get your workouts Workout, and drive back up to live and sleep altitude. because they they think that you get more work output in sea level and then when you're... Because you're not going to tire as Exactly. Fat. Yeah. But then your body recovers and you acclimate to having a higher threshold. And mm-hmm. you, you develop more red blood cells, the whole yeah. deal. But anyway, they had um, spin classes up there, uh, Soul Cycle, mm-hmm. and they only opened it up for like a month. Like they, they, they just rented a place for a month for Soul Cycle during peak ski season. Oh, like a, like a, like a what is it called? A, when a store just opens for a month, like a pop-up. Like, you know how they do those Halloween stores when a place closes yes, down? Yes, yeah, 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 or like a Christmas store, they, yeah. They just brought in a it's bunch smart. of fucking cycles and set up a soul cycle. I mean, they might have been doing it to, like, test the waters, or whether or not, because Aspen has so much fucking money. It's so crazy. I Every other car is a Range Rover. I was shocked. It's really just rich alcoholics. <laughs> it is it a was, lot it of was rich just boozers. W- like, people in minks drinking makers yeah. at 2 p.m. Yeah. I was shocked, because my flight got canceled, and I had to stay for the day. If I was a high-end hooker, yep, that's, that's where, where I, I would When go. I am a high-end hooker. Cycle Aspen's pop up. There it is. Let's you spin at eight thousand feet. No, is that what it is? They call it a pop up. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know your take on spinning. My chiropractor says he is going to retire on the money that he gets from uh, spinning injuries. He's, he's literally like people doing yoga and spinning uh, is yoga. how I pay my bills. Well, a lot of people do it not like improperly and mess up their shoulders real bad and their lower backs. Yeah. Doing all those downward dogs. If you mess up your shoulders from yoga, jump off a fucking <laughs> building. Seriously, you, you pussy. Kn- you know That's that I what broke takes my you shoulder. Out. How'd you break your not shoulder? Not playing, not uh, snowboarding. Trying, trying to snowboard it. Yeah, <laughs> doing yoga. God damn well, it. Well, snowboarding no. makes sense. Yeah, no. If you, <clears throat> it's more like people um, want to do yoga for exercise. 
like these type A people want yoga to burn 9,000 calories and get them like a huge ass, but that's not really what yoga is no. designed to do. So there are these new yoga classes that are like acro yoga, hot, intense, oh, yeah. and you're too loose and you're trying to do things that you Well, there's have a no lot of like push-ups and weird positions where you're on one yep. shoulder and yep. yeah, I don't yes. do that kind and of And unless yoga. you're doing it perfectly, you're going to injure yourself. Unless I, you have a one-on-one instructor. You know? I do Bikram's hot yoga. Just I do to it stretch. for my stretching, flexibility, yeah. my spine yeah. in particular, yeah. spine strengthening. But you don't go to yoga to get glutes. No. You do it to No, I lift stretch. weights. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think you got to balance even that. I do. Pick a lane. You don't yeah, get both. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think you, you got to be real careful with those combinatory type movements. Yeah. So for me, soul sight or like spinning is really just to like get out anger and like push myself and... even crossfit like i think crossfit can be very dangerous because there's a lot of people that do crossfit and they don't really have perfect technique and mm-hmm. they do it to failure and you know you're you're doing these incredibly high repetitions of power moves right you know like wh- wh- which steve maxwell who's a real world famous strength and conditioning coach he's like that's he's like power moves like cleans and presses you're supposed to do low repetition for them they're supposed to generate like extreme eight, force right even lower yeah Pavel Tatsulin, who's like the uh, the godfather of kettlebells in America, he brought oh, them over yeah. from Russia. Yeah. He believes you shouldn't do anything more than five repetitions, no matter really? what you do. Yeah. So what is this? Is this like because, you know, CrossFit attracts such a type A overachiever type of person that the, you know, uh, desire for overachieving supersedes the logic of what actually is effective well there's a philosophy behind it and i think that philosophy can be effective for some people and i'm very hypocritical if i say don't do something that causes injuries because i've had a ton of surgeries from martial arts and yeah. injuries from jujitsu or but are they was it like a, a collision injury or was it just an overtime overtime uh injuries from the knees getting yanked and twisted mm-hmm. shoulders getting popped out of sockets but that, you didn't get it from working out well, I got it from sparring. Most yeah, of them so but sparring. being in action, yeah, yeah you know? in action. I just, yeah. I just feel like it's crazy. Like, I mean, not crazy. I don't. I'm not an athlete, but like to get injured while you're practicing, while you're in the thing, you know, you can't necessarily control that. Well, CrossFit competitions are particularly scary to me because there was one video of this guy who was a uh, he owned a CrossFit gym and he was involved in a competition and he was doing these clean presses and his body literally gave out Ugh. and he dropped the weight on the back of his neck and now he's oh, paralyzed God. from the rest of no. his life. Ugh. And there's a video of it and it's horrific to watch. I, I someone sent me one where someone's uh, what's your anal sphincter came out. Oh, <laughs> I saw that one. He was like lifting weights. Yeah. Just like, is that, is Blew this out. your, is this your hobby? Is there not? <laughs> well, he set some goals and he yeah, really wanted no, to achieve he did. them. And that goal is to blow his asshole out like an old sock. How do you come back from that? <laughs> <laughs> um, stitches, yeah. painkillers, time. <laughs> Probably steroids. Uh, you know what? He's allowed to take Adderall. Yeah, we yeah. we rescind our judgment around that. Yeah, he should take everything. Yeah, whatever they are. He's got. allowed to take Xanax. I mean, our country is so overmedicated. It's it's terrifying. It is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's ter. It's well, uh, you really see it. Like I said, in these housewife communities, because mm-hmm. like, or or you know, sleepy. What do they call them? Bedroom communities. Mm-hmm. Where I go is where white people go to breed, and that's where I live. Yes. And these these people yeah. out in or the, raise their offspring. Yeah. They raise their kids out there, and they uh, there's a lot of these people that just become medicated men mm-hmm. and women it's not i mean i i talk to the women more than i talk to the men mm-hmm. but uh i know a lot of men that are medicated they're on adderall and shit the late great robert schimmel who's a, oh, the a buddy of mine love that the guy. greatest he accidentally took an adderall once <laughs> he told me about it i already it. love it he told me um 
I forget whose it was, but he he grabbed a pill and he thought you know he had a heart condition. Yeah. Bef- had, oh, before the yeah. cancer. Yeah, he had he had a bunch of different issues and cancer and and I forget what the medication he thought it was, but he realized after taking it, it wasn't his and then uh-huh. it was an Adderall and he's like oh fuck so he called his doctor <laughs> up and he told his doctor hey man I fucked up I thought it was this but it's Adderall like what Just what go do clean I do your house. and the doctor said you're gonna be fine. Because yeah. you're going to be fine. It's going to take about, you know, X amount of hours to wear off. But yeah. don't worry. With that dose in your body and, you know, your body weight, you're going to be fine. So don't worry about it. And he said, I went over all my notes. <laughs> he said, I got, I got, I just, I started organizing all of my uh, comedy notes. And he goes, I got so much work, work done. done. Yeah. It's unbelievable how prolific you are. But it starts to backfire. So I remember when I was like, this is working. I kept doing it. And then the aftermath was like, I couldn't fall asleep that night. And then I was even more tired the next day, which meant I needed to take more. It just becomes an addiction and it stops being that effective if you overuse it. Tate Fletcher put something on his Instagram today about the strongest cup of coffee in the world, and it's from Australia. They made this cup of coffee that you're supposed to sip over the course of three to four hours, and it is half a lethal, a lethal dose. Yeah. Like Four loco or something? No, like, remember that? Yeah, Four loco though, was like... There's... I have, so I have taken Adderall. Is, the strongest coffee. Look what it says there. The world's strongest it cup of coffee like is outrageously caffeinated... It has, contains 80 times the amount of caffeine in a single cup. Upsetting. (laughs) It's called the Ass Kicker Coffee. It's sold at the Vicious Coffee, uh, the Vicious Cafe in Australia. So what's in it? It has four shots of espresso, eight ice cubes of cold brew, and a half a cup of 10-day-old cold brew. That adds up to half the amount of caffeine needed for a lethal dose. Steve Bennington created the drink for a nurse completing a night shift. I don't want my nurse to be so tired. (laughs) It's meant to be sipped over three to four hours, and it took the nurse two days to finish the drink. She stayed up for three days after she drank it. She was seeing rabbits or fucking running around in pajamas in her house. She's just (laughs) anesthetizing everyone. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, it's my goal because I... By the time I was like 28 or 20, well, maybe it was, I noticed it when I was 31 because I froze my eggs when I was 31. And this is maybe when I noticed it, that at 31, I was on five medications. While you froze your eggs? Because when, when I froze my eggs, they put you on a thyroid medication for some reason. I don't know why. And I was on, I think, two antidepressants, uh, birth control, of course, which makes me very crazy. Um, they had given me Adderall for when I needed it. Um, I had Lunesta to sleep and I just was like, Oh, this is, I have more medications than someone in a nursing home. Like this is crazy. And for thousands of years, we've survived without all of these pills. Like this can't be right. And I just noticed this and I don't know if it's what I do for, you know, but just this dismissive instead of, Hey, learn to meditate or whatever. Someone was like, here's a sleeping pill. Yeah. I found myself like restless, irritable, and discontent and not actually getting quality sleep. And I'm on antidepressants. I don't even know. I felt like a shell of a person, you know? And so that's when I sort of started looking into all these medications. And then, of course, I was on coffee and, you know, all this other stuff. So my body chemistry was just bananas. And I think that a lot of people, um, you know, I personally would like to sort of get to the root of it or get ahead of my pain so I'm not that housewife in 20 years who's just taking Xanax because I've got pain or can't deal with discomfort or anxiety like an adult. Do you think you have pickled eggs? Those (laughs) eggs? My (laughs) eggs are by the beach in Redondo. (laughs) They are doing just fine. 
They're like they're uh, frozen, frozen somewhere, right? Yeah, they're frozen somewhere. Do you have like a locker? Do you go visit them? I don't. I'm a deadbeat mom. <laughs> I, <laughs> you never. I'm a terrible mother. I never go see them. I wouldn't trust that they were organized the go- enough to I, I, make sure it's your If you eggs. don't think that is the main nightmare that I have, <laughs> you are crazy. Why are my kids Chinese? Why? Like what? <laughs> I would love for that to happen, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I I worry about that constantly. I mean, with the Oscar mix up last night. I mean, I heard about that. I yeah. didn't see it, but I heard yeah. about it. I mean, what if they mix up? my eggs with what happened they, they said someone won and then it I didn't turned even see out it basically Warren Beatty they gave him an envelope bless his heart I can't and I'm so can harp- he not read anymore no it's they gave him the wrong envelope Warren oh. Beatty did, has done nothing except be a classy legend <laughs> so is this like the Steve Harvey thing yes exactly the same thing same thing all That's the memes hilarious. are are the uh, comparing them Basically, like, you know, Warren Beatty's a new Steve Harvey or Warren Beatty's a brilliant legend and Steve Harvey is a silly talk show host. Um, but uh, but yeah, he he got the envelope for best actress and he's so and he just saw La La Land and said best uh, and the entire cast of La La Land went up on stage and then they had to go oh actually it's Moonlight and then one of the producers of La La Land was a total class act and gentleman and was like Moonlight won and then Moonlight had to come up it was madness it was like the Super Bowl stress level I fucking hate those contests I really do I don't have a a dog in the game what's what's this expression dog in the fight dog in the fight I don't have a dog in the fight but I I, I hate those I hate award shows for yeah. art. Yeah. They seem so pretentious. Have you not already won? You have yeah. you've all won. You, you have millions of dollars. You movie stars. <laughs> yeah. What is the Well, I think for me, I mean, especially with like the political climate when people go up and make political speeches, it's like, okay, how much did you donate this year? Like, what do you really do? Like, you know, just making yeah. all these speeches and, and talking the talk. I hope everyone's also walking the walk and, you know, authentic that way. I don't know. It's just it's it's so I mean, so I think loaded. there's something anesthetic about it for people. I think there's look at the silly monkey, like the diversion of dresses and necklaces and makeup and actresses. You know, I think humans, we have probably an inherent need for that sort of diversion, that sort of um, uh, vapid. Let's talk about dresses instead of what's really going on. And there's always a ribbon du jour that you're supposed to wear. Yep. What was the ribbon they had to wear last uh, night? It, it was it a blue, blue ribbon. What what's was the it blue for? ribbon for? ACLU. Oh, ACLU. I, thought was, I thought it was for the iceberg that was breaking off. I was like, maybe they're, they're worried about that giant iceberg the size of Manhattan that's about I, to fucking... Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just there's so many, you know, and I just get frustrated sometimes. I mean, your, your listeners are not the ones because your listeners seem to all be seekers. Like, oh, who the fuck knows? It's like saying all girls or all boys. You know, my I, listeners are there's a I bunch know, of knuckleheads that, out there. Ma- as anyone well that as listens smart to people, you so. is smart, I think, or at oh, least that's definitely as- not true. aspires to be. There's a guy right now. I going, believe what? in you guys. <laughs> what? She doesn't know me. <laughs> fuck this bitch. <sighs> fuck this cunt. <sighs> Where's Kendall Jones, who hunts <laughs> lions in law thongs? <laughs> yeah, th- this should be lion hunting porn. You f- you shoot a lion, then you fuck right on top of it. <laughs> Really, I feel like that would do well the guy to someone the very desensitized. Um, I mean, that's what it's coming to, level. I guess, these days. Hashtag Reddit. Um, but yeah, I'm sure humans have a need to uh, just sort of disassociate with, you know, pictures of dresses. Yeah, I think there's definitely some of that. Yeah, there's definitely the pageantry. People love when people dress up in all their best and they people walk the red carpet. People also love watching people lose. Oh yeah. 
Look There's at her. also trying to keep a, it together. Look at that yeah, fake cloud. Yeah, look. Oh, she's not even happy for her. It's like, well, what? No matter what she does, you're gonna project your shit onto this person. You know what I do? I do secretly, not so secretly, enjoy. What? I do enjoy watching people as they get older who are clearly fucking crazy. <laughs> Keep it together less and less. <laughs> Nicole Kidman was clapping like the the Grinch last like night. Like lobster. Yes, she was clapping yeah. like the Grinch. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that is. It? I don't clap a lot because we're comics. We don't go to shows. I don't even. I clap. How do you clap? Well, uh, you have to clap if you have a, a daughter that's in a play. <gasps> oh, constantly. But aren't you all just filming the whole time? No, I clap. Yeah. My wife films. Yeah, I, I clap. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not a good clapper either. Yeah, I do it clap. after sex. You clap when you good, <laughs> good job. job, yay! Pound it out. <laughs> look at her. Look at her. No wait. Look at this. She also has. She's comically willowy. I mean, she does. Oh, Are this... her nails wet? I don't. I don't know. There's something crazy going on. It's like carpal on. tunnel. From... She's pulling her hands way back. Yeah, too. that's not. She's doing too much Bikram. That's not good for your joints. I am. I do have. Um, I am hypermobile. Do you know about hypermobility? Mm. This is a thing. So it's a lot of Western European trash genetics that we use our joints instead of our muscles when we move and walk and do things. And I got this thing called coscochondritis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's basically when your cartilage inflames and it was in my chest. It can be like, it's like a relative of pleurisy basically. <laughs> and it's, I, I did have pneumonia and didn't treat it, but I had so much stress in my back that my, uh, the cartilage or my ribs started rubbing, I guess, against each other. What? And I went to this rheumatologist who was like, oh, you're hypermobile, which means you don't walk with your muscles. You walk with your joints. That's where all of the impact goes. And you need to relearn how to walk. So you need to cushion yourself with your muscles? Like you're not using, decelerate yeah. with your muscles? Basic, yeah. You're basically, I walked just like a... I don't monster, know what this like is. A monster? You're a zombie. I, I walked like a monster. I'm like one of the zombies dead. in the beginning of the thriller video. Oh, yeah, right. just like yeah, like everything's all wonky. And I was like, um, so that's where all, the, and that's how um, he's like, that's why people when they're 55 have non-collision injuries. That's why you hear about people who like sneeze and throw their back out. It's just there's so much impact over so much amount of time. I had to go to a Pilates instructor who specializes in this, and I was just like had to hold a rubber band and like walk. Like it, it was so boring that I just stopped going. This podcast is going to be really fun to listen to dumb people's interpretations when they remember everything poorly. <laughs> Kendall Jenner killed a lion and she can't walk right. <laughs> she clapped she's a lion Adderall. to death. Oh, dude, she's definitely on Adderall. I remember. I would like to hear the recap uh, of, of this podcast. And how it... and there's something about the Botox in her face. It reached its way to her fingertips and she couldn't and she clap was, anymore. She was shitting out so much MCT oil that she actually <laughs> couldn't even clap. She, there is something going on with, with Nicole Kidman's face, too. She's definitely shooting some stuff in her face she's got some weird sort of frozen appearance thing going on I, it's weird to me because people accuse me of having work done and do you see my in my forehead i have wrinkles yeah so that's sort of how you know if someone has wrinkles there that they haven't had botox but when people say i had work done i just and i just try to take it as a compliment but well they just assume everybody gets work done that's just a, an assumption here's, thing right here's Isn't what it? a doctor said to me because i said to a doctor I had really bad under eye bags when I was doing a TV show, like bad. Like they looked like I looked like Steve Buscemi. It was not because you just weren't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping and I was not eating well. I wasn't hydrated. And it was too much salt. And genetically, again, my genetics are a disaster. And my mom, everybody has it. It's fat. I mean, it's not really something ice, sleep, nothing helped. And so uh, I went to a bunch of doctors and their solution is they were like, well, we can put filler 
it, they called it, it one guy uh, called it a, a pillar. Like we build a pillar to fill it in. And I was like, no, I'm a comedian. I, I can't just get a new face. Like I, yeah. it, I, I can't do the Joan Rivers thing. Like I, it's just not the carrot top or whatever. And, uh, and basically, uh, he explained to me, I was like, I can't have bad work. I can't, like, this is not good. Work right. is so obvious. And he said something interesting, what you just said. He was like, you only notice the bad work. He was like, everybody gets it done. But the, good, but the good work you don't notice. Don't say everybody. Well, they I mean, that's sort of what he, yeah, yeah, totally, which he was probably just manipulating me. But yeah, um, just, I didn't end up doing it. Everybody puts it in their ass. But this is... <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally I know I'm talking like a rapist <laughs> trying to cajole someone but and he explained to me because I was like everybody just kind of looks like swollen yeah it's they just like you've been punched in the cheek but that's what happens when you get filler everything you have to build everything out it becomes whack-a-mole if you do this you got to do this if you do this you got to you know so once you start there's no going back and I'm actually noticing it in men a little bit too Ooh, that's gay. yeah yeah, Something that's gay. gay. That. But right? but why is is that like the you know I feel like HGH is like the male version of Botox. You know, guys do like that sort of thing for movies. Yeah, but HGH is just something that puts your body's hormones to the same level it was when you were younger. It's not like but filling you get your cut face. Fat, you know, yeah, you your metabolism increases. Women are valued by this. Men are sort of valued by their brute, right? Yeah. So when a guy starts botoxing his face, like I've, I've met guys before and their forehead doesn't move. I'm like, what's going on with your forehead, bro? That that's how you there? know. Yeah. yeah. So you have wrinkles. It I have gets wrinkles. shiny. It, well, I'm shiny. That, yeah, but it, it's a weird shiny. Like but a, you know like what else that is? Like, like it's just a MCT covered yeah. well, it's like it's, wax figure. It just looks weird. Like it's pulled. and Yeah, because th that's a couple things I found out. So I am like shiny, but I also put like oil all over my face and sunscreen. Well, that's good. Yeah. And so I'm always like, you know, um, but because I think that's like preventative. Um, and uh, but lasering your face, what happens when you laser your face? Because I was like, oh, I'll just do laser to prevent it. And I had a lot of like sun damage. But what that does is it removes the hairs on your face and then. That's you why get you get shiny. so shiny. Yeah. Oh, well, that yeah. makes sense. So we have like microscopic hairs, little yeah, hairs. little peach fuzz, which is what deflects the light. And when you don't have that, you get shiny. So my dermatologist was like, "We should slow down on the laser because you're gonna look like a wax figure." Ooh. And I'm already pushing it. Mm. You know. But so I, have, the laser, I have oily skin. Well, the laser is like, is it similar to like, they say that women get more wrinkles around their face because they men or than men because men exfoliate when they shave. I've never thought about that. I maybe that's why I don't have wrinkles. I shave. Yeah, every like men, <laughs> men get less lines like around their lips and around like the corners of their mouth. Well, they also have to. They don't have to fake laugh as much as we do. <laughs> they don't. Have, <laughs> they don't have to g giggle at bars all that's the time. That's so true. <laughs> uh, why is that a thing where where women no. where men like women to laugh at them? Isn't that odd? Well, that's it's a, odd it's thing. feedback. It's feedback. But it's not. It doesn't. The other way it doesn't. It's not like a lot of men no. laugh at women. No, guy, no. That's it's it's making a guy laugh is an act of aggression. Whoa! <laughs> it's a competitive. It? Yeah, it's oh, like oh, it's competitive. First stone thrown. For oh. me, if I'm well, I already have guys, so I've been uh, on this online dating app. Uh, Another and, one. Uh, well, the last one for famous people. You told me you were on one. Yeah, yeah, it's that one. That one. <laughs> yeah, it's not just <coughs> famous people. You can also get on there if you're rich or. <laughs> You have to be like a certain. They have an approval board. What? Yeah, they have like an approval committee. Oh, get the fuck out no, of here! No, who's on the approval committee? Bunch uh, of losers. I don't know, but it's it's a it's an interesting gaggle of of monsters. But 
I find there's something very fascinating, and you can probably answer this. Guys are so mean with their openers to me. Like, they're like, oh, so you think you're funny, huh? Uh, like, that's instead of like, hey, nice to match with you. It's like usually an aggressive um, <clears throat> quip. Yeah, well, those guys block them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right away. Yeah, and That's... guys being nice. But I definitely, like, being funny. Well, I mean, think about it. It's like, you know, I'm always fascinated by non-physical forms of aggression. Like, eye contact is a form of aggression in a lot of, like, if you walked into a bar and made eye contact with a guy for more than 10 seconds, he'd be like, oh, I mean, not just because you're Joe Rogan, but if you were anyone, like, eye contact is like. Well, without saying something. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing, man? Yeah. If you do that, he's yeah. like, hey, what's up? And then <laughs> yeah. everything's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are we gonna fight or fuck? There's <laughs> something. It's something. Established tone. Eye contact is fascinating. Uh, you know, break dancing. I was obsessed with break dancing for a long <laughs> what? time. Can I'm, you pop well, and lock? Break, I cannot pop or lock. <laughs> but you just were into guys who could do I, it. As you said, I'm hypermobile. My my knees lock all the time. But um, by accident, I wanted to make a documentary. I started making it in college, and I would go to these break dancing competitions in the Bronx. And uh, I was fascinated by when there's break dance battles, if violence goes down in the area, kind of like what we were talking about the other day or earlier today. This has not been a day long podcast. Um, that uh, what are substitutes for violence or that get the same needs met that violence gives us, right? Competition. Test, competition and, and breakdancing is one of them. Um, uh. r- rap battles is one of them. Uh, and huh. I think comedy is one of them. Uh, so if comedy and a lot of my stand-up comes from a place of self-defense and the implication is you're my attacker, so I think that I probably like, you know, uh, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. See, I always imagine that your kind of comedy comes from you being forced to analyze your surroundings. Yeah, that is true. Then that you, is you've true. had to make light of yeah. distressing, almost like gallows humor. Yes, that is true. But I did the roasts for a while, and that is a uh, uh, that is an aggressive form of you roast attack. Battled? I did not do the roast battle. I was a judge on one of the ones this year, but I used to do yeah. the just the roast. You were a judge on the Comedy Central one, and we were fucking howling because oh, no. we were in the the comedians bar at the comedy store, and you were you oh, were right. that young girl Olivia. Uh, I love her. Uh, uh, I know who you're. We're she's to, really she's funny. She's great. She's fucking Olivia really funny. Something. She's great. Yeah, and you were going on about her being brave and overcoming like yeah. trauma and this and that. And we're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Whitney, you can't, she can't help but psychologically analyze, analyze this young lady. This, well, here's the thing, is because Rose Battle is so interesting to me because when people aren't famous, you just have to attack their personal life. And she was on the one that I did recently, the taped one, and everyone was like, Olivia's been raped by a black guy. And I was just like, are we just all going to pretend? I mean, because, you know, comedy is our anesthesia and we make jokes to deflect and to not have to really deal with it. But I was just like, don't get it twisted. Like, you're going to have to deal with being raped one day. Like, we're all laughing and you're going to get a paycheck at the end of this. But is that like an open thing? Is she talked about it or it something? Was on is the, that... It was on the one that I, the taping I went to. Oh, Jesus She was like, and then it was like, you know, Mark's brother has autism and committed suicide. Joke, oh, joke, fuck. joke. And I was just like, this is too brutal. <laughs> Even this is too brutal for me. Yeah. Because I know the mental ramifications of this kind of pain. And we're all just pretending like this person isn't in a tremendous amount of pain. And she's like 20, right? Literally, she's 20. I met her when she was 17. Crazy. She came to the improv she's a beast. in Brea. She, well, that's worse than being raised. She was a- <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> I mean, she had even, had even more trauma than I thought. She was out there for something. I forget what she was out there for. I yeah. Think she, no, she I might reached out, out to her and I was like, look, like, <laughs> let me. She's fucking funny. Yeah, no, but, and then in, I think, Montreal or something, she fell off the stage and it ripped her calf open and she and then she uh, did the roast battle the next night in a wheelchair uh, yeah she's a warrior but I as someone who I'm not comparing my experience to her but who, someone who was 20 who started doing comedy who joked about my pain that shit caught up with me you can uh, try to outrun it uh, laughs don't the same way watch, watches don't fix it and cars don't fix it laughs don't fix it either you wind up Freddie Prince and yourself yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't work and neither does <laughs> money yeah it's not funny you know it's like when you laugh at pain yeah. and then it just becomes a joke, the pain is still there. It's like yeah. you didn't kill it with laughter. Nope. You just sort of like, you cut, it's like throwing like a bunch of gauze bandages over a swimming pool. That's like, exactly what, what it there's is. There's no pool here. A swimming pool full of yeah. blood and, yeah. <laughs> and pus. And, but it is, a, it is a temporary way, I think, to get your power back over your damage or to, is to alchemize it or sublimate it into something lucrative or positive. Like yeah. my negative experience kind of paid for my house. But there's a certain point, and I'm fascinated, like, you know, because I, I personally think, I mean, I, I can't speak for every field, but in our field in particular, I think we've lost a couple too many comedians to suicide that just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. And everyone's like, how did that happen? It's like, how do you think, you heard it, you heard him every night on the stage. Why yeah. is this so shocking to us? So, uh, you know, I think it just, you know, it's not my business necessarily, but whenever I see a young <laughs> comic with, re I'm just like, let me know if you ever want to talk about it. Yeah, well, that's not very nice of you. Now it makes sense because I didn't see that. I walked into the bar right when they had finished and you were, yeah. were dis dissecting. I'm like, Whitney's <laughs> fucking hilarious. She can't help but like, psychologically <laughs> analyze these people. Well, that's like me in porn. I can't enjoy porn right. because I'm too worried about the girl and like why she's doing it in comedy. I'm When she's talking about getting raped, I'm just like, should we call a helpline? I remember I read a story about a guy who was in porn that I'd seen in a bunch of porn films that blew his brains out. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, even the guys. It's fascinating. Because a lot of these people, they get involved in porn. Yeah. It's like they, they came here to be an actor and it didn't work out. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, someone said, look, you make $2,000 to fuck. Yeah. And they went, all right, I'm in. And then back then, they really could make a lot of money doing porn. Yeah. Now it's even stranger because the money went away. Like there was a guy who was a porn star and he was producing films and he just, he lived like a few doors down from me. And yeah. I was like, wow, this guy's balling. He's balling from porn. And then the internet came along Yeah. and you know how the internet crippled a lot of industries and people cared. Like people cared about the internet crippling the record industry. Like yeah. it was a big deal. The Napster issue was yeah, a big deal. Yeah, I remember. Nobody gave a fuck about porn. And it's a very strange thing. It's like yeah. our, our shame Yep. And watching other people have sex, it, it, it transferred over to commerce. Yep. Like the actual commerce of porn, yep. which is totally legal, was completely and totally ignored. That industry yeah. essentially vanished and had to regroup and refigure itself out. Yeah. And I don't understand the economics of it. I've never really looked into it, but yeah. I know that they don't have DVD sales anymore. Nope. It's kind of gone. And there's also something psychologically really annihilating uh, about being seen and then not being seen. You know, it's like, I mean, I you know, I'm, I don't know what this person's experience was. I can't pretend to know why that guy um, did that. But um, I think it was Mark Burnett was talking, like reality stars, how many of them 
kill themselves after they've been like they have it and then it's taken away from them or they're they're seen for something and then not and there's something really fascinating like Spencer and Heidi yeah like it's totally and how you self-destruct after you you know humans we don't like things being taken away from us but especially being seen and we get feel safe or dopamine or whatever it is from being seen and then we're not seen anymore and porn is probably the most insidious in a way because like I mean I even find myself and I'm not as famous as you I'm not like but when I don't know if people know me or not, I get I feel really unsafe. So if I'm wait, wait, when you in what way? Like if I'm sitting next to someone on a plane, and this happens, you know, kind of a lot, and I'm like, okay, cool, he doesn't recognize me. I change my hair color, and you know, a lot of people don't recognize me now, and uh, or cool, and I'm doing this, and I'm like doing my dumb writing my dick jokes, and I'm picking my nose or doing whatever I'm doing, and at the end of the flight, he's like, I just want to let you know I'm a big fan. And I'm like, wait, I thought we had an agreement that we were just strangers (laughs) and now you've completely betrayed. Like, and then I'm like, well, and then I just get into this weird Hitchcock, like paranoia of like, who knows me, who doesn't. And that's my codependence. I have to be able to behave in an authentic way, whether people recognize me or not. But it's just sort of this creepy feeling. And I imagine doing porn because way more people watch porn than watch anything I've ever done. So I'd imagine so many people recognize that guy but would never say anything. It's just this weird, like, secret... I don't know. It feels like a very pernicious existence, like not knowing who knows you and who doesn't and everyone pretending they don't know you. I mean, if you're I have like a lot of people come up to me and this is always very like weird uh, guys will come up to me. They'll be like, hey, 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 I don't know who you are, but my girlfriend loves you. So can we get a photo? Uh, and I'm just sort of like they're just being dicky. Like to you? now you're just hurting yeah. my like what's happening? Or when people are like, so uh, so what what do you do? You're an inter- like I can tell they're pretending not to, and then I have to engage in this weird bad improv game with them. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine porn stars because there's so much shame in admitting you watch it. People know you, but they don't say anything. Yeah, I wonder if that's ever going to go away. The shame of admitting you watch other people have sex and that you masturbate. Like, there's there's two shames there. There's a yeah. shame in watching it and there's a shame in, well, why do you watch it? Well, I'll yeah. just watch it just because I'm interested in it. No, you're beating off. Yeah. You're, you're slapping your pussy. You're doing something. Something crazy's going on. Like, why is Matt? It's just, it is so fascinating. I mean, it's obviously in like a rooted in religion, I would imagine. Well, it's Puritan but, instincts that yeah. have sort of echoed from the time the people came over in the boats. Yeah. I feel very safe when I know men masturbate because I'm like you're getting your needs met in a healthy way you're not just fucking holes in walls mm. once a month and like doing you know it's like you feel safe I feel safe when I know the truth I don't like waiting for the other shoe to drop like if so I, you feel like if men don't masturbate they, they have so much it, built up where is it where you're just gonna just shoot someone Ooh. like randomly you know like right. I don't know I don't know I know I know a lot of guys who have stopped masturbating and because they it made them too crazy and they've managed to go like years without it and they I, I don't I can't speak for everybody they seem really happy and like um, because I think they were sick of being like a puppet of this like constant I can't pretend to know what it's like to well there's an insidious thing that happens with human beings when they don't have intimate interactions with people and yeah. that we, people that normally you have become intimate, carrot top yeah <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if he's. I don't know. Intimate. I I don't I don't know. But I when I see comedians who don't hang out with other comedians, I'm always like, oh, this isn't gonna, this isn't going to go well. Well, there's a lot of comedians that are like super competitive, and they don't it's like true. other comedians, which it is so really weird gross. because there's so few of us. Yeah, it's the least competitive field you can go into. Yeah, there's in so a weird few way. of us. Yeah, yeah there's and so much demand for comedy. There's thousands of comedy clubs. Someone else doing well helps you. Yeah, you know, it's true. Yeah. I, I, it's it's interesting. I mean, how many comedy clubs are there and how many comedians are there? I mean, I I talk about this. Like, how many comedians can do an hour? 
I think there's 500 the, working professional headlining comedians in this country. Yeah. I think there's maybe 500. Maybe there's a thousand, and um, I think 500 of them are probably funny. They can sell. How many can sell a thousand a Friday, seats? A Friday night, yeah. Oh, a thousand, a thousand seats? seats? It goes like down a small to what? Theater? Yeah, it goes down to what? Because two hundred, maybe. Maybe two hundred. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, two hundred out of three. I mean, is there million. any other field that, that has that few people besides like Tiffany glass makers or something? Yeah, like neuroscientists or something. You know, like, I feel like surgeons. there's one at every college. Yeah. And there's how many colleges in America? <clears throat> but there's a lot of shit comics, too, just like there's probably a lot of shit neurosurgeons. Yeah, but there is this sort of false, I mean, and granted, to be a comedian, there's, you know, we're probably in fight or flight mode anyway, or some sort of competitive thing, because it's so hard to do that if you do make it, there's a very specific neurology there. But the competition among comedians is so odd to me. Well, I remember being, um, I got into it straight from fighting, and mm -hmm. I remember being super jealous of people that were doing well yep. when I was just starting out. Like, I'd see someone on stage and I'd be like, he's not even funny. Why can't I get up there? Yeah. And then I recognized maybe like a couple years in in my career, I'm like, wow, that is a dumb way to think. Yeah. And this is some really self because I'm I constantly was reading <clears throat> psychology books and self help books and yeah. was constantly trying to analyze my mind because yeah. I knew that insecurity was tripping me up, whether it was in fighting or whether it was in comedy. Yeah. Insecurity is like a, a, a weird little demon that yep. wrecks havoc on the mind. And that a lot of times masquerades as confidence and mm -hmm. ambition, so it's hard to sort of well he didn't even masquerade with me but i would pretend it did yeah. i would pretend i was confident even if i wasn't yeah but i realized somewhere along the line that that line of thinking was very very dangerous it was tripping me up and it was keeping me from reaching my full potential yeah. so instead what i i realized somewhere i had a, like a, a heart to heart with myself and i realized like I got into comedy because I love comedy. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I don't love hey, it yep, anymore because yep. when someone's doing well, I'd be like, God, why didn't I think of that? Yep. Or why didn't I come up with that joke? Or yep. why is he so much better than me? And then I realized like, oh, you have to be a fan and a practitioner. Like you have to stop yep. and then you have to support yep. other comedians. And you have to, and like it felt hard for me to say, hey, I saw this guy the other night and he was fucking brilliant. Yeah. God, he's so funny. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, like a couple of years in, I started doing that again. I started being a fan of comedy again. And then I started running with it. And then I realized how few people did that. And then... Do you think I that it coincides? super supportive of all the other comedians around me and then develop like a whole clan of people that do that. Right. So if you notice like my friends, like all my really closest comedy friends, yeah. we're all super supportive of each I other. I love that about you. It's so it's so cool. And but how did you like did you have to get a like a lot of success before that happened? No, or is it that why you got success? success? That's probably part of Yeah. It definitely happened before my success. I was helping people when I was terrible. Yeah. I wasn't doing well. Yeah. You know, but I was I realized that there was something wrong with my thinking. Yeah. And I was it's the same as martial arts. Like you don't get good by denying that other people are good. Right. You get good at Smart. respecting the fact that other people are good, looking at yourself and your objective yeah. analysis of your own skills and then realize like, wow, I got a lot of work to do to reach that guy's level. Well yeah, and I was like, look at me like you know, and I definitely had that in the beginning a lot too where, I mean, I was, in the beginning for me, there was so much about just dealing with aggressive people and recreating my childhood circumstances. You weren't really there when I first started the comedy store. You sort of had your respite from the comedy store, but I had, I was hazed so hard. Really? That I, oh, <coughs> Joe, you? Uh, I, we're fine now and we are totally friends now, but Ari and David Taylor. 
Oh, David Taylor uh, has got some uh, deep, has, deep female he, issues. And we're fine now, and <laughs> we worked through it. It was really hard for a long time. Um, but wow. Ari, Ari, has Ari yeah. never told you the story about how he hid my backpack? <laughs> No. Oh my God. He hid your backpack. It's an amazing story where every (coughs) night when I would go on stage, you know, there's like, like in the Comedy Store original room, which is sort of our, at least my kind of like, was my church in a lot of ways and my home, um, uh, sick as that sounds, uh, like like there's a back booth, like that back row of booths. It's kind of for VIPs and like Mm -hmm. Mitzi Shore when she would come in. And then there's that hallway in the back where they put drinks up. So I would have a backpack every night I would go in. I would put my backpack up there because it's, it was super dark in there. And one night I was on stage at like some comical, like one in the morning slot, um, like after Don Barris is like, was when I would sort of go up and, uh, I had just had my wallet stolen or my house broken into and someone stole my wallet like two days before. So I was already in fight or flight mode and I got off stage and I couldn't find my backpack and I'm like running around and, you know, it's so dark in there. I'm like, fine. Look. And I, I got so scared that someone was because basically what um, a security person that helped me said someone who you're probably with all the time took your credit card copied it and then put it back in your wallet like because someone had remember there was like that big bank of america scandal where they copied like two thousand credit cards and oh yeah you know it was that it was i was a part of that so i got in my head that there was someone in my life around me who took my credit card and like copied it and so i was freaking out and everyone thought it was probably so funny and then i started crying like hysterically like freaking out crying and once ari saw me crying he was like i'm not owning up to this like he just was like fuck this. So he just chickened out. He just he told me later. Like <coughs> we just thought it was an innocent prank and thought it would be oh, funny. God. But then you started crying and then we were all. Freaked. So he didn't even give you your backpack once I you started remember. crying. I remember. We have to ask Ari how it ended up because I did his podcast a couple years ago and he told me. You can't ask Ari because Ari is hiding. I don't we're, know if you know this, but no. like, listen, I'm going to play this for everybody because oh I've been playing. God. I've been playing Ari's uh, voicemail message because when you call him up, it says at the subscribers room. Quest, incoming calls have been blocked. He hasn't paid so, his bill. No, no, no. In- <laughs> incorrect. Ari decided to go rogue, and he decided to go completely off the grid for a couple of months now. Whoa. And he was in Myanmar, and now apparently he's in some South American company. country. Hold on a second. Quest, this phone does not accept incoming calls. Message CA127. Okay, well, that's normal. What's that he means, doing if that might mean that he's back stateside because last week it was in Spanish. When you would call him up, it would be a Spanish. You can't message. text him or anything. Nothing. No no email, no nothing. Is he alone? Yes. What's this what's this for? He fucked up and hung out with Henry Rollins. That's what happened. He fucked up and hung out with Henry Rollins and Henry Rollins, who is fucking crazy uh, in a great way. Yeah. Speaking <coughs> of Adderall. You know he's not on anything. I don't know. I have no well, idea. Well, he was he he's was so he was on um, Ritalin, right? Ritalin. His he, neck was veins. Was it Ritalin or no? What it was it Ritalin? He was on Ritalin His when he was a child. His neck disagrees. Well, when he was really young, he was like a test subject from five to like seventeen. His family put him on Ritalin. His doctors, whatever, it's whoever it was. Oh, it's heartbreaking. But he would be yeah. like all day. He yeah, said, I he'd remember. Be like, gritting his teeth and holding. Ah! And then uh, after school was over, he would be like crashed. Oh, buddy. And, yeah. So and his... so he's fucked. So anyway, what he does is Henry Rollins has the hardest time uh, dealing with human beings and not being in motion. Like yeah, he wrote yeah, yeah, this yeah. thing about how he gets into deep depression. Like it comes thudding into his chest yeah. whenever he's not doing something. We're all so run- yeah, to, running. He can't chill. 
He's got to go do I something. Saw, I heard him on a podcast talking about how his assistant makes up fake work for him. Like, Whoa. for just to keep him busy. That's hilarious. <laughs> be like, you have to drive out to this thing and pick up this thing. Like, he, she makes, like, things just... That's so he's what in she, motion. She hates, by the way, being called his assistant. Sorry. She's his manager. Her name Ms. Is Heidi. Sorry. I'm sorry, Heidi. She's sorry. Nice, but she explained Love you. it to me. I hate when people say assistant. I said, sorry. did I say it? Sorry. She goes, no, you didn't. We're talking about other people. It's a trigger. So she has, she's like uh, got like a, a, a warning shot. She fires when you meet her. <laughs> Don't call me assistant, motherfucker. Like, Jeez. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Got it. Um, so Henry picks a spot. He'll just go, how about Bally? And he'll call his travel agent and you know and the travel agent says yeah we can get you out to about by the way only flies economy because even though he's fucking wealthy as shit drives a shitty mazda six is that a like a masochistic thing yeah yeah, yeah. Self, for sure self punishment yeah. self wears gray t-shirts only doesn't yeah. probably doesn't own a suit is he still in like crazy shape he's in good shape i got it he's not like jacked anymore apparently he had a bunch of injuries because he was power lifting for yeah, a while yeah anyway so he had a podcast that he did with Ari, which is an amazing podcast, oh. where Ari and him met, um, I feel like they were in Scotland? Hmm. Was it, I feel was like the, Ari's always Fest. in Scotland. Edinburgh? Yeah, 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 they were at the Edinburgh Fest, and they started talking, and the podcast's amazing, because Henry was talking about how he's been doing this, he's been to over 100 countries, he travels all over the world, and he does it every year, and he does it, he goes completely off the grid when he does it. He just goes there, and he brings his laptop and his camera, and he takes pictures of people, and people going, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here for, to meet you, man. And he just meets people, and goes places, and hangs out with Bedouins, and goes into the fucking desert, and winds up in dangerous places, and yeah. dangerous situations, but then comes back and has these amazing stories from it. So our just released his or just recorded his latest hour and had decided that he really needs to do something radical to generate new material and he, he had he spent a month in China last year and he came up with a bunch of material from that so he decided I'm just gonna not talk to people I'm gonna not talk to my friends I'm not gonna talk to anybody I'm not gonna use my cell phone I'm just gonna live I'm just gonna go completely off the grid and travel the world yeah. and so you know he makes a shit ton of money now he's got his Comedy Central show he's He's done really well with stand-up over yeah, the last yeah, few I years, bet. and which is great to see. But yeah. this thought, that I he mean, has, it's it's uh, you look. I mean, there's something to be said for it. I mean, I feel like our brains are so cluttered with chores and root. You know, we we're so routinized at this point. It's like there's something to be said for just completely rewiring. I guess. You know? It's just like Ari's crazy though. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I also I'm in this twelve step program where it's like human connection is what keeps us sane. You know, when I'm alone and isolate like that, bad bad things will happen. Well, Ari won't use a smartphone. Anymore because he's addicted to it. He's like it's too too addictive. It's amazing that so he's able to course phone. correct like that. He's smart as fuck. Joel Silver uses a flip phone. Does he really? And he gets so much done because it's not like dumb text. He just phone calls, handles it. Phone call. He's a little dumb little LG flip phone. Yeah, I mean that's all well and good, but you know what I do? I put my fucking phone down. There's another level of discipline. There, that's the other thing. Like do you that. have to just you know abstain entirely? Can you no. just do that every yeah. hour? I put my phone in the other room and then I go do stuff. How do you have so much self control? I don't know. Yeah. I just do. It's it's but it takes a certain warrior to be able to do that. But I don't do it all the time. Like sometimes somebody has to tell me, Hey, put your phone down. Like my wife will tell me that. Yeah. Put your phone down. I'm like, all right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. But put your I, attitude I, down. But yeah. I do understand it yeah. personally. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not denying it sometimes. You gotta just so, stay awake. I just yeah. have to stay awake because I get real zombie real fast. I'm, I'm way better at putting my laptop down. Yeah. 
because I used to have an, an issue of like I would just be constantly going on YouTube and searching different websites, and then you, get you, know, a hole. you, you go in those YouTube spirals that take you down, yep. down. Yeah. down oh, I got in a, I got in a spiral of watching people pop zits. Oh, <laughs> have you seen Doctor Pimple Popper no. on Instagram? No, don't. I can't. I, go oh. straight to it, Jamie. I got stoned Dr. one Pimple night, Popper. and I was watching all the zits get popped for like a good two and a half hours. But then you know, when you're when you go to YouTube and it says suggestions for yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> then you find out uh, the next day what you did. For me, I know I have to get the fuck away from the computer when I get down to animal attacks. Uh, we'll go to, go to a, uh, a good one. She's I like got the, some... I like they're called um, confetti streamers, the ones that are small and they just come out for like a minute. She's got some ones that are just horrific. I go to that one, the right ones. hand side, right hand side. But upper, you realize this, upper, this upper, right there, right there. Go to this one. She gets a lot of cysts. Click on that, please. Looking at. Oh, well, that's like a... Oh, here it comes. Is that pus? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them come out and they that come out... That does look like a... Like goddamn volcanoes. What is... So is that... Fat globules. That is... Oh, it looks like a yeah, birth look at, look at video. It. it literally looks like a deer is giving birth. <laughs> Well, and you know, some of them come out and they just ah, look like cream cheese. She's got some other ones on her page. Look, look just, at that, 579,000 views. I think she has millions of so followers. so much more fascinating than... Oh. She's probably got more followers than you and I combined. combined. Go click to see what, how many followers she has. We are in the million. wrong business. 23 million? 2.3. Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay. But you know, she only had like 1 million Who like is? Is she just? Ago. Is this her she's only job? Oh, got she's it. She's a doctor. She's a dermatologist. What genius was like, let's start filming this. Well, and she specializes in popping What's the one zits. on the head? Probably some dude's got some. Her name is Sandra Lee. Uh, some dude's got some Sandra, fucking. Sandra, I want your life. Well, you know that uh, grooming for women uh, releases endorphins in our brain. Really? Like, I mean, does your wife try to pop your zits? No. Or ingrowns? Really? No. no, I don't really have any. Well, you're flawless. What can definitely what, not fall? That is look at that. disgusting. That look looks that. like that That's looks a baby. like aliens look are giving that. birth to it. twins. Look at the pus. I, uh, I look uh, at the smaller uh, ones. Uh, oh, that yeah. is so gross. Look at this one. How about this one? Is this one okay? You had to pull it out like it was hamburger meat. Yeah. How about this one? This, see, I can't. This one, all right. I can't. Would you can't. do you like this, this better one? or I like the, the tiny ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like these. The, what, these. What's better, this, this or all that? Those are my favorite. That's go. my favorite. I do that on airplanes in the bathroom. So the nose ones. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, love it. Oh. Is it harder Orgasmic. to watch? <laughs> oh, my nipples are hard. I love it. Is it harder to watch that? I like these. Or is it harder to watch the deadline? Deadline. The deadline. This I'll watch all Any day. Any dead long. animal? You know, here's my thing. Your whole approach to hunting is, I get it. Like, you have a very honorable, uh, uh, you have a lot of, um, you know, you treat on some level them with, like, dignity. And, and you have integrity about it, you know. Uh, do you eat meat? I do eat meat. Yeah, so I had eating disorders, so I can't really, like, when I start restricting things or going, I don't eat this, I don't eat oh. that, that can go down, like, a bad spiral. Whoa. I don't actively, like, seek out meat, and I don't eat pork, Really? But I can't, like, start being too abstemious. Why do you not eat pork? I don't eat pork. Just, I don't want to, like, all of your listeners, I think, would probably think I'm very annoyed. I'm going to get a lot of, like, uh, trolling. Don't, don't worry about that. It's just once that you, I mean, I think I'm just too down the rabbit hole of learning about um, the emotional acumen and capacity of pigs and dogs that it's just kind of like a bummer. Pigs are very smart. Very smart and very emotional. You know, they but say they're like toddlers. you got to be around wild pigs. 
wild yeah. pigs are monsters. Feral pigs, I'm sure. Yes, but ones that are just raised and killed. Yeah. And there's also a lot of like, maybe this is too metaphysical or whatever, but like they know what's happening. Yes. And I just, it's more like you're just eating fear. So their right. adrenaline and cortisol, it's just like, you know, throbs through their bodies mm -hmm. while they're getting killed. And they just, they live in fear their entire lives. And there's just, you're ingesting that and it's an energy, you know? Yeah. And you know what's fucked? And the, the antibiotics part... are crazy. My dad oh, yeah. has antibiotic resistance right now, which I think is going to be part of the next sort of horrific things that we can't control where technology's sort of taken over. Do you think it's from doctors or from livestock? It's definitely from doctors as well, being overprescribed antibiotics. Every time you have a cold, every time you have a this, take antibiotics. And then by the time you actually need them, they don't work anymore. And that's where the situation my dad is in. There's a thing that they're just researching recently on Komodo dragons. And they're looking to Komodo dragons. I think there's enzymes in their blood that they think is going to be effective in treating people that have resistance to wow. antibiotics for diseases. That's bananas. Yeah, that was re that was today. I was reading that. Yeah, that's yeah. bananas. Yeah. And I also look. It's like again, you know, for me, and I'm not generalizing about everybody. I know this. For me, a lot of things are projections. And so for me, like when an animal is helpless, I see myself as a helpless child. And when I see something in a cage, maybe the same way that like when you go into a, a room of executives, you're like, I don't want to be this. When I see something in a cage, I just something yeah. that's voiceless and helpless. That's what a kid is. So it just triggers like a lot of old yeah. Stuff. I, I can't go to the pound. I'll have a hundred thousand oh. dogs. I, I just do, can't do it. I do so much animal rescue, and I have send someone to go. When I see one that I'm going to rescue, they go and get him for me because <sighs> I'll just I'll lose my mind. Yeah, you'll take them all home. Yeah, I just, just rescued a horse. I just got a horse. Do you have a horse? Yeah, I just rescued hmm. a horse. Where do you put it? What's Hollywood? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so um, Joe, that's why I'm here today. I keep I actually, him at the improv. I feel like he totally. He's a uh, uh, at the haha, -ha. oh. um, but. Uh, he was a show horse who a dressage horse who you know after a while they're just useless they're like race horses kind of so um, he was going to be uh, put down and uh, I do equine therapy anyway so someone's like do you want him and I was like yeah what's so equine he's therapy he's my teacher so there's this um, I think you will find this interesting I find it fascinating um, horses don't value anything that we value money prestige clout IMDb meter how they don't care about anything and anything that we use to defend ourselves uh, being funny being smart they don't care about it the only thing they care about is um, authenticity so basically um, horses serve kind of as mirrors to your flaws and really yeah in authenticity yes yeah, so, so if you're fake a horse recognizes they don't it? understand they, they're repelled by it so if you got a horse around like one of the real housewives from Beverly Hills just <laughs> it would kick just, her in the it face would just <laughs> kill itself it would kick itself in the face as would I um, but uh, so I mean there's a difference so there's this um, it's, ba it's based on this philosophy called being with horses by this German woman her name is Sabine I don't remember her last name um, but this place called the reflective horse is where I keep it in um, Topanga Canyon and you know like, as you know, like equine therapy is used for a lot of like people in rehab and sexual abuse victims. Um, I'm working with this organization called She Heard Power and Beth Bears, who I work with, is um, sort of running it. And it's letting because humans can be so triggering for drug addicts and trauma survivors that like for me, therapy stopped uh, being able to work because I was so triggered by therapists. I found myself lying to them. I find, found myself like <laughs> literally trying to manage their, in, like, you know, I didn't want them to think I was crazy. Like, it was just... You're the most awesome and crazy person at the same time <laughs> I've ever met. But it's like, we all do this shit, but then I was resentful because I'm like, I'm fucking pinging you and that's all you're going to say? Like, I was combative to them. I was... Wow. I was... Well, because it's like, I'm very... Um, 
not selfish about my time, but I have like a, a, a healthy understanding about what is a waste of time. And I found, you know, I have a great therapist now who's like a badass and she's like, you know, she's five two and wears only mink coats and pajamas. She's awesome. Mink coats. Yeah. <laughs> she's well, they're like faux fur, oh. like vests. Um, and so, but then I was just, I would get very like you in the executive room. Like I would be in a therapist's office and it'd be like Harvard business school. I'm like, this fucking guy doesn't know anything about problems. Fuck this guy. Like I just was like, I'd get angry at them. And then all of a sudden they'd be like authority figures to me and that trigger. It was just like, mm. And then I felt we were talking about like boundary stuff or sexual stuff. And I don't, you know, the shame that comes with saying I watch porn or this or that. Like it just wasn't working for me. Um, And then equine therapy, you essentially um, it's not about dominating the horse. And it really illuminates, you know, our instinct to control and be perfect and achieve. And those are sort of the things I'm working on right now. Like like I have like crippling perfectionism where I feel like you and I have been you have. But you're interesting because. You're one of the few people I know who's incredibly successful, but you don't seem to have a perfectionism issue. Like you achieve a lot without an obsession about achieving. Does that make sense? Hmm. I have a perfectionism issue. And like with writing this new hour, like we've been texting about this. You're like, do you want to come to the ice house? Do you want to come to the ice house? And I'm like, yes, I do. But I don't have a new, like I can't. But you only have to do whatever you want to do at the ice house. You can do 10 minutes or 15 but or I'm 20, But I'm like, if I don't do, do it perfectly... I, oh, that's so crazy. It's crazy. Yes, because in my household, I only got rewarded for being perfect. But in, there's no perfect in comedy. No such thing. It's a it's a 100%. Right. So this is why, like with horses, if you're trying to be perfect or control the outcome, and you can't control a horse, they're a thousand pounds. You right. can't, they, if they're, you know, when you're alone with it in a ring, not dominating it or cajoling it or using any kind of um, uh, manipulation devices, uh-huh. you really can only be authentic and detach from the results of like, I need the horse to run and jump and do all these things. They're right. not going to do what you in your mind think is perfect. So I, it's about like detaching from results. Well, let me ease your concerns because I definitely have perfection issues. How? But I just let them go. But I, 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 well, I, I, I don't like anything I do. Really? Yeah, almost nothing. I don't like any of my comedy. I don't like anything I do because I break it down so much. Right. I go over it so much. You get sick of it? I listen to it. I make notes. Yeah. I go over it. I change things. If I flub a word, I want to jump into a fucking- Me too. Ugh. Oncoming train. Whereas the audience loves it. They're like, he's human. He flubs words. Like- Well, if I recover, it's fine. But there's- It's- I I just- It bothers me when I don't do something right. It definitely bothers me. But- I've learned how to manage that bother over the years where it doesn't, I don't go crazy. Yeah. And I think part of that is, I, I don't know, there's a lot of factors there. Part of it is understanding that it's an issue and then yeah. figuring out why. And then I spend a lot of time doing things like just meditating. I'm taking a lot of yoga. Yeah. I do occasionally, I get in my isolation tank and work things out in there. Yeah. You know? When I do yoga, I I, I can't because I'm so like need to be doing it perfect. Like I, you know, and it comes and goes. Um, but it really is, especially when I'm um, like get really busy and like out of control and out of touch. Like I resort to my perfectionism is what gets me attention, and that's how I will survive. Very like primitive thinking because huh. that's what worked for me as a child. Well, it seems like you're all you're aware of all these issues, which is like step. At least step one. Well, right? I think the real thing, and and your proof that you can do it, is like, can you release your, um, you know, protection mechanisms or the things that worked for you, or the things that? Because I think a lot of my perfectionism has worked in a lot of ways. I 
have achieved things and because of it, but it has started to actually hold me back. Mm. So can you, the thing, the sort of maladaptive behavior that has worked for you professionally, can you release it and still well, you, you're also get what single. you want? You're single and you're, um, you're, you're not finding people that are compatible I with you. I love that you just said that because I'm finding it was bleeding into my dating. I was yeah. like, you're not perfect. Like, right. you know, I think a lot of dating is being able to just go like, I'm flawed. You're flawed. Right. I'm going to stop picking you apart. Like, because I think there's an overachiever mentality that sometimes bleeds into our personal life of like, but what if there's someone better? And what well, if, if you don't feel safe too, you also have predatory instincts where you find a weak thing and you're like, look at that. Yeah. This guy's got a limp. You know, he's got a mental limp. Yes. Yeah. And then yes. you go like, oh, he might be full of shit or he might be pretending he's something he's not or he yeah. might be. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But like that's so am I sometimes, you know, I've done that. I do that. You know, at what point right. do you just commit and accept like um, somebody? And I don't I don't know the answer. Well, it's going to be hard to find someone who can keep up with you. That's going to be a big part of the but issue. But does too. he need to? Yep. Really? Yep. For sure. <laughs> Hundred percent. I love that. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. But is that going to be exhaust? I mean, I've dated guys that are very high functioning alpha mm. type A's, and it was exhausting. Well, you do that doesn't necessarily have to be exhausting. You yeah, just have to find someone point. who's known how knows. How Look, you can have a car that's six hundred horsepower and not know what the fuck to do with it, and you're going sideways around every corner. Just yeah. because you have all that yeah. power and all that energy yeah. doesn't mean you're utilizing it correctly. Or you could have a car that has 600 horsepower and you take every corner perfectly yeah. and you know when to hit the gas and it's always there when you need it, but yeah. you don't use it. Yeah. How and did you, you just know? chill. Um, do you know. talk about this? I don't know. I figured it out. How did you know that you were like, I'm going to commit to this person? Oh, oh shit. You're like, any day now. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I think, think you ever I, totally know. I have you know, this... you just got to be, you got to feel... Feel safe with the person. Feel calm with the person. Enjoy being around them. You know, and then the other thing is a person like you or me or anybody. You have a lot of options. That's an issue too. You know, because if you don't have any, if you live in a small town, there's only yeah. a few people. You yeah. find someone quick, like musical chairs, like yeah. sit down, quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, but yeah. if you have a lot of options, you're like, well, this guy's just not quite doing it for me. Let me just fucking go test the waters. Right, right, right. And then right. you're out there checking your dating app and, oh, so you think you're funny, huh? It's ugh, yeah. it's a full time job also because it's sure. like I see, you know, and this is a generalization, but a lot of people that I know that are, you know, um, getting the most uh, uh, being the most effective in life do have calm, predictable home lives. That, or, that helps. I.e. a healthy. You know, yeah. if, if you were going out every night. To Winston's. What's Winston's? I don't know. It's it's like a club in L.A. Is it? You know what Winston's is. No? Whatever. If you were going to Maggiano's Little Italy at the Grove every night trying to pick up girls, you would have no time to right. build an empire. There's no time. There's you no know? time to work. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. It's yeah. a full-time job. Well, that that is a that is a real issue with I'm men. looking to settle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the market to compromise. Yeah. Well, then you'll probably find someone if you're willing to compromise. But yeah. are you really willing to compromise or are you just saying that right now? That's like a really once, good question. Once there's a guy there and he's flawed yeah. and you think about guys that you yeah. used to date that weren't flawed and yeah. the yeah, and look I'm, him up and yeah but i'm trying to not view objectify people that way it's like i'm flawed too like yeah. where do i get off you we're know, all flawed for I, sure but i also think like there's this and uh there's this and i don't know if it's a, a feminism like we can leave that out of it but there's this new trend where women uh my f girlfriends a lot of them who are like i deserve better than this and i'm like mm. no you don't 
Yeah, you're, that's you're, kind of weird. You're a B minus. You deserve ah, a B minus. <laughs> so, so for me, up. when I'm like, I deserve this and this, I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I deserve someone who's kind of a mess like me. Well, I think people, you can get, you could certainly get lucky. I think I definitely got lucky with my wife. She's a yeah. really nice person. She's smart. She seems She's patient. Calm. She's very patient. She must be. She's easy to get along with. And I think for me, and this is the first time I've thought this way, it's maybe not about who that person is. It's about who I am with that person. That's the everything. That's everything. Because you, who you are, like we were talking about this before. If you're around people that are negative, yeah. that shit bleeds off into it's your toxic. brain. Yeah. And when you're around people that are nice, you feel nicer you so who are you around your like you're yeah. calm and you're I'm like this guy I try to be this guy all the time yeah you know and for the most part I am I just don't want to go home and work unless I'm hammered or <laughs> that could take do you, you drink? to dark I could definitely drink really yeah. are you, you do you do like place. what like to like I don't want to guess I mean, like I, I'm drunk, I've been drunk a bunch of times on podcasts, just trying really? to make it more fun. Oh, I respect it. Yeah. I want to listen to those. Well, it's like, why didn't I get podcast? one of those? We could do that. Yeah. Tell me when. Let's do that. Next one. We'll get hammered. High five. I'll do, let's do that. That'll All be right. fun. Could get dark. We'll have to Uber home. <laughs> Real, this is what happens when we're sober. We're just going to be watching Zit pop. I'm going to be popping your Zits. We're just going to watch animal attacks. We're going to watch all those guys in China. Why is it always in China where they keep sneaking into those animal enclosures? Wait, did Joe let Whitney pop his back zit? I, I found on one. On a podcast? <laughs> we, <laughs> film it. How do you not get ingrown hairs? I don't oh, know. you shave or something? Yeah, I don't know. I even I mean, occasionally pop I'm ex-boyfriends sure I when I see ex-boyfriends. I'm like, can Come I here. get it? Can I get it? They're like, we're Ooh. not dating anymore. You don't get to do that. It's grooming. Ooh. We're monkeys. We're monkeys with guns. Mm. We're just monkeys. Mm. Yeah. We talked about this last time that um, uh, uh, bonobo apes and humans have more similar DNA than African elephants and Indian elephants. Yeah. Bonobo apes, it's really fascinating. They're the, they have one restriction mm. sexually. The mother won't have sex with the son. That's it. Women have sex with women. Men have sex with men. The that's, stu- that's son because that would fucks probably, the dad. That the messes, dad fucks the son. Yeah, well, that's like a good genetic yeah. sort of survival instinct because doesn't that incest is breeds. But the dad fucks his daughters. Oh, that's yeah. not fair. Nope, rude. That but the sounds mom's like, like get out of here, you freak. Inequality. Yeah, it is a. I might not be pronouncing this right. A gynocracy. Like apparently they call it a gynocracy because they use their vaginas to get what they want as power. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean some people, humans do that. It too. is fascinating that they're the least violent chimp and the one that has the most sex. Oh yeah, by far. Well, yeah, I mean that's another way to get your aggression out. Yeah. that's been sort of our theme today. Well, I, well, I've been thinking about this a lot lately when I examine human culture and civilization and all the fucking atrocities that we commit on a daily basis. Yeah. And then I look back at you know I was, I was reading this piece about. Uh, ancient man and you know the trials and tribulations neanderthals and homo yeah. sapiens had to deal with and i was can thinking can i be and what is the difference between neanderthal and cro-magnon it's a good question i i always get this wrong well, cro-magnon is the early version of us right neanderthal is a different different breed of human neanderthal were human <laughs> that's right i conflate them all the time and i okay now i understand yeah. but Sorry. i think cro-magnon is not us though it's not like it's not Homo sapiens. I don't think. I always get like this Australopithecus. I think was the first human, the first human-like creature. It's an honor to be the dumbest person on your podcast. Uh, I don't think you're definitely <laughs> not ever the dumbest been person. Your... Clearly, you've never met Brian Redband. 
Well, they found their skeletons. <laughs> they say Brian Callen. They are, uh, unlike Neanderthals, Cro-Magnons are not a separate species right. from Homo okay. sapiens. Okay, they're us. That's In fact, right. they're the earliest known European example of our species living between 35,000 and 10,000 years ago. That's what's so fucked up. Uh, 10,000 years ago is nothing. Nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a second. And in... they're actually modern in every anatomical way. Huh. You guys fucking, learned something today. Fucking A, that's nuts. 10,000 years is so recent. And here's the craziest thing. They only existed 175,000 years ago they emerged. So 175,000 years ago humans emerged. So before 175,000 years ago, which is a blink in time, blink. roughly, they don't really know. They, you know they, 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 their changes, their, their estimate changes based on fossil evidence. Hmm. But that's so recently. So recently. What I was thinking is, when we're looking at our, our issues, you know, the dating and love and friendship and creativity and ambition, all these weird issues that human beings right. have today in, in this context. And weirdly luxuries. Oh, I mean, yeah. the First idea of creativity and, right. and love, like, yeah. that's like 100 years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 What is the future going to be like? Like, what, what is a modern human in the year 2075? You know, what well, is... it's all going to be VR, right? I mean, aren't we all just going to be in our virtual reality machines just masturbating? Yeah. And... We, we might be the last people to touch our genitals. Probably. This will be the last yeah. pussy spanking generation. And the last, maybe the last people, have, maybe sex will be fake. I mean, there was a um, that book called, um, sorry to circle back to porn again, but there's a book called Porn Nation. And uh, in it, there was a statistic that said um, 80% of kids under 18 boys would rather watch porn than have sex with an actual woman. What? Yes. Come on. That's if a I'm bullshit. Wrong, fact check that's it. a focus group I was going to say, it's probably a very specific group of people who would agree to be interviewed about, you know, whatever. The same assholes who think women have to masturbate in tubs. Only in tubs. <laughs> that's it. It's only, Where the only the time candles? they do it. There's no candles. This uh, is fake. So, but, I mean, who knows? Fake I mean, news. you could, you could, <laughs> fake, fake boobs, fake news. Uh, you could probably prefer, because you're in control of it. If you have a VR woman who's going to do whatever you want, you don't have to deal with her afterwards and, like, talk about, like, what are we? Yeah, but that's half the thrill. Yeah. Half the thrill. For you, but for you anybody. didn't grow up on fake women and anime wow so people are jerking off to cartoons joe <laughs> you don't understand like this <laughs> car we watch saturday morning cartoons they are jerking off to animated and women oh god so why how many how many but people most are? of them are jerking will off you to look actual up in, porn will you look up in an animated like how uh, many people are jerking porn? off to anime yeah. anime porn anime porn I would, um, I would say it's a very small number. Which, by the way, a lot of the women in real porn are more lifeless than the animated women yeah. in porn. But well, they're they're weird now because they're getting fake asses. Well, it's like Jean Baudrillard's like theory of like simulacrum about like how we uh, prefer the simulation of something to the original of something when we can actually control it. I think Andy Warhol was onto that as well. But when, well, isn't it bizarre that some men prefer fake boobs? Yeah, like they get to, here yes. goes why Donald why getting off to anime porn is shorthand for supporting <laughs> Donald Trump. I know, Holy that's a shit! Weird connection. What, Lauren Grizz, how do you say that name? Or Orsini? Orsini? Oh, this just happened to pop up. But what a bizarre fucking title. Okay, let's yeah. let's see what she has to say. Oh. God damn it, Forbes! 
Continue, well, this please. is in Forbes? What, yeah, it's hilarious. On Tuesday yeah. evening, uh, GOP consultant Rick Wilson made Twitter da, 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 waves. With, look at that. They have the fucking stock of Twitter right there. Single men Plus who masturbate 0.50%. 0.50%. Isn't that hilarious? They show Twitter, and then they have and, and people reading Forbes, well, what's the stock at? And uh, yeah, they yeah, have totally, the stock totally. number right next they to Twitter. They know their audience. It's so weird. Waves with his claim that Donald Trump supporters are mostly single men who masturbate to anime. What? <laughs> He's a GOP consultant, too. I think they're right. Uh, with uh, This is an intentionally incendiary statement that Wilson says he made uh, directly to troll Trump's followers. <laughs> Everybody's trolling everybody. First yeah. of all, as any anime fan will let you know, it's called <clears throat> Clear's Throat Hentai, a specific genre of X-rated Japanese animated cartoons. Uh, but what's interesting is that in order to intentionally make people angry, Wilson targeted anime geeks as his oh. insult. Okay, I don't know. What geeks tweet. Yeah. Don't upset yeah. them. Yeah, they'll they'll find. They'll you. at reply you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can't. I can compete with. Por- I I feel strongly that I'm like okay. I can compete with the girl. I've seen. Por- I can't compete with cartoons. Yeah, <laughs> I have cellulite. It's it's. I really don't want to have. Here's the stats on the how many people. How here. one website is convincing people to pay for cartoon porn. <laughs> If you're paying for cartoon porn, just watch Jessica Rabbit. Whoa, hold on a second. Uh, among 18 to 34-year-old viewers, cartoon and hentai are the 13th and 17th most popular porn searches, and millennials are 131% more likely to search for anime than older browsers. This is what I'm saying. Whoa, you just blew my mind. So can we see what the other 12 porn categories are above? It's all gagging. It's all gagging. Gagging while getting choked. Gagging, gagging while getting milfs, punched. Gagging pregnant gagging bitches. Gagging while anal. Gagging. <laughs> gagging, gagging while Gagging bang gag. Oh, here we go. Gagging while slapping. Okay, Whoa. so where's Lesbian's one? number one what? with a fucking bullet. Wow. Lesbian and then teen. And then stepmom. That's upsetting. Mom. Let's not brush past teen. That's awful. Yeah. That's horrifying. You're monsters. I'd yeah. rather you watch anime. Stepmom Step is a head of MILF. Wait, whoa. And then squirt. People are into peeing. People are into squirt. They like the squirting. They think it's anything other than peeing. And then mom well, is below that. Well, apparently it's a mixture. Well, I am it's interested. not. Really? It's coming out of your pussy. It's pee. Okay. And then Let, it's we'll mixing with your back. pussy juices because you're excited. Back. We're going to circle back. And then when scientists analyze it. <laughs> They go, well, it's not all pee. And they're like, good, we're in. Circle back. We're going to circle back to that. Uh, so it's interesting to me that stepmom is above MILF. Yeah. Isn't is that weird. interesting? I want, I don't want, I want a mom. I don't want to be. You want to fuck your dad's wife. I want, yeah, that's what it is. That is Ooh. that a weird, like, Freudian yeah, penis envy, envy thing? Number one, number one at the bottom, rather, the least is public. Public is the least searched. Anal is above. Anal Wait. is shockingly low. It's I know. below ebony. Ebony's, ebony is above black, which I think what's is. What's the difference? Strange. I'm so racist. One is for educated people. Oh wait, wait. I'm really into or, no, ebony. one is. Uh, I'm really into the, ebony porn. Wait, why is why is Japanese and Asian? I know why they're different, kind of. But do you see how they're different categories? Yes, Asians way down low. People are way more into Japanese than they are Speci- into so specifically Asian. Japanese. Yeah. Asian, you get like Vietnamese, Thai, and people are like nope, 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 nope. That's no. where I draw I want, the line. I want a, a girl with the kimono. Yeah, geisha girl. Oh, interesting. So yeah. it's like a power thing. Yes. Hi, hi. Yeah, but. Okay. Oh, I think anything I say I, here is going to be misconstrued as no, incredibly no, don't, racist. Don't be uh, worried about that. Uh, this is the, the age we live in. 
Okay, what is the difference between ebony and black? I'm so sorry. There is no difference. One of them is said by people with education. Got it. And the other one is someone who just They're wants synonymous. to get but I would ima- But I'd imagine what's under those, one's going to be classier than the other, maybe? Hmm. There's something socio Millennials search term differences. Look at this. Cosplay. What is cosplay? Sorry, I don't know. Term oh, search- that's coming or Costume. shitting. Costumes. Oh. <laughs> 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 Shitting cosplay. <laughs> why would you think? Why would you think cosplay is toilet? I don't know, but I said it so nonchalantly. Foot job. Look at that. Oh, uh, what is the foot fetish thing? Cougars, Do you know? Oh, I guess it's like something happening when you were young. Oh, like some sort of. Uh, isn't that called cathexis? Um, I think it's called imprinting. Like yeah. Like sexual imprinting. Yeah. Right. Look at that yoga. Let me see. Yoga's in oh, there well, right below gym. There's a gym. lot of yoga balls in porn these days. I mm. see a lot of sex on yoga balls. I, I do not feel sexy at But the gym. gym is above yoga, which is interesting. More people They're can relate. They're all the CrossFit people. Yeah, they, more, more people can relate. Like a girl doing squats. What if she just wanted to fuck, fuck right now? Fuck my dick. Squat I get on that dick. Can I get hard with all these people watching? What's, I think I could. Uh, yeah. Wait, what's... um uh, POV. Now that I heard that porn star in LA Fitness, I get the gym porn get thing. It? What is um emo? Like... Goth girls to yeah, Morrissey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? A lot of crying. Tattoos. Tattoos. Tattoos? Oh. No, I think that's just be all a, porn well, I mean, now. I mean, that's part of like, like goth like makeup? Suicide girl type girl. Suicide girl. Emo? No. Yeah, for sure. That's what it is, yeah. He's Come like, on. for sure. That's the se- I mean, that's what they are. Why do they call it emo, though? I don't know. That's suicide girl. I wouldn't like think generality. Of, I would think emo, a bunch of like crying Doc dudes. Like Doc Martens? Who, <laughs> yeah. If they put suicide on here, then you're looking for suicide porn, and that's a way different thing than... Yeah. That's not girls. porn. That's just a crime. What's that guy who committed suicide? Elliot something or another? What the fuck's his name? Elliot Smith? Is that his name? Mm. Duncan told me to listen to him. I listened to him like, Duncan, what the fuck is wrong with you? It was like super depressing music. I'm like, no wonder this guy stabbed himself. <laughs> Wait, can you walk me through this? So dogging? This... What is dogging? Doggy style? What the style? fuck is dogging? Or walking? walking? But it says dogging. Dogging. What the fuck is that? Dogging. Long nipples is at the very bottom. Oh! <laughs> Granny is well above long nipples. Wait, so, and so I mean, is aren't Harry. those synonymous? Harry's smoking. What's smoking? Where does that? Wife swap. Wait, Shockingly so, low. so why is it negative? Does this mean it's become less popular? Yeah. This one is actually uh, comparing millennial searches to people older than them. This is uh, oh, so, so millennials are more into all this. Yeah. But this stuff is all new. Millennials never probably had the opportunity to see Granny. <sighs> Well, there's like, granny porn that's more prevalent now than ever before. What if you were a grand? What if you were eighty doing porn? What does that? What is that? That's a bitch that knows she's gonna die and just wants to ride that boat right into the rocks, hit the throttle. If I, if I am even having. She's bobbing across the top of the ocean. She sees the rocks. She doesn't let up at all. She doesn't even close her eyes. This is upsetting to me. Yeah, go back up. Stop scrolling so much. I guess it's the no teeth. Kim Kim Kardashian is the most popular porn star searched by millennials still. Is she a porn star? Yeah, she's got a porn tape. Oh. That's amazing. I don't know the rest of these And Mia Khalifa, who's like a, uh, she's uh, Liz Khalifa's (laughs) sister. I I I know nothing. (laughs) Lisa Ann, who's deep in her 40s, Uh, I believe. Good for her. That's a victory. Interesting. I don't know any of these people. Oh, Sasha Gray. I feel like she's she's fallen off the. Well, I don't think she does it anymore. Oh, really? She's. I think she retired. Her vagina she, threw in the towel. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, a fighter. They get enough headshots, and they're like, I gotta, oh, gotta step away. She's had enough concussions step in the back away. of her throat. <laughs> How do you? 
I don't know. I mean, I know I met, like, I did a job. This is going to sound crazy. So I hired Jenna Jameson to do something in a pilot that I did. And I met her fiance. And she was actually really cool. Like, I'm like, I mean, not the, all the weird, like, recently her Twitter feed has revealed uh, uh, something else. But when I met her, she seemed quite normal, whatever that even means. She's very nice. And her, um, she's sober now. Her guy had not <clears throat> didn't know she was jenna jameson for like a couple months i don't i don't even don't, want to comment do not believe it they, i know her she's a very nice person yeah, okay. i'd rather not comment on her personal life Got so it. I, don't, I don't really know Got I, it. I support anyone who's trying to escape that world i'm just wondering just if become normal well because i also with guys that i date like i never want them to see my stand-up do you think that uh, how many guys have you dated where you were on a date with them for a while before they figured out that you were uh, a famous comedian I mean, since I've done stand-up, I don't... Never? Yeah, maybe not. So it's always the elephant in the room. Well, it's always like, have you seen my specials? Have you not? Right. And someone I'm seeing now, I was like, could you not? It'd be great. not watch me? Watch them. Just, wow. Just so that you have an opportunity to just get to know me first before you hear me talk about and squirting is, is for 40 okay minutes. That? He was like, I'd rather not, actually. And I'm wow. like, cool. Huh. Whereas some guys like watched your special last night, fucking squirting, and I'm like, okay, uh, like I, it's I don't want, <laughs> I don't want the guys I date to see me that way. Right. So I would, I'm just, I'm just codependently worried about Sasha Grace's future. Well, mm. she seems like a very smart person. Really? Yeah, a buddy of mine um, used to work for the Flashlight, and he'd met her, and she's like, just reads books a lot. She's very smart. Mm-hmm. Just freak. Yeah, she just, did a whole article about that. Like she had done some mainstream movie. Too. She did with Soderbergh, uh, yeah. the girlfriend experience or something. Yeah, because I think it turned into a show. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and you know, apparently she did some interview about it. She was like, "I'm just sort of embracing my inner slut." She's like, "I like it. Like, how come like guys no, are allowed so to do I, that?" No, so do I, but I don't film it. Mm, like point. I have parents, <laughs> and I have. I don't put it on camera. Well, maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Maybe it's the parents. There's something thing. different there. Or maybe you have par- You don't have parents that you want to punish. You know, yeah. Maybe some some women have parents that they want to punish. Or right. They want their dad, who doesn't talk to them ever, yeah. to see this and realize how bad he fucked up. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Is, is it could be a, an act of aggression or like a punitive act. I mean, there's a lot of people that I would like to uh, uh, punish, get revenge on, and I still don't have sex on camera and up- yeah. upload it to Vimeo. Well, because that's also self-punishment in some ways. 100%. You're, you're it's opening cutting. yourself up yes. to massive amounts of... Yes. I, like I, was, I went just for no good reason. I went to uh, Ronda Rousey's Instagram page the other day Yeah. because she showed up in my feed I and then I went her. to her page and I looked at some of the comments on some <sighs> of her pictures and holy shit, are yeah. there monsters out there. About sexual stuff? No. I mean, oh. there's, I'm sure there's some of it was sexual. What I just thought yeah. was just mean. Like, oh. you open yourself up to just mean oh. fucking people. Yeah. I mean, she, I don't, you know, know, like, she, I'm sure, is doesn't look at that or something. But whenever I look at it, it I'm out for a couple of days. Emotionally. You can't look at it. Yeah. Apparently, they have to keep Donald Trump away from Twitter and from Instagram tr- and television. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there was some thing, they were talking about some, some campaign aid that was like, you know, we, we have to keep him away. You got to keep him distracted. You got to keep him away from the television yeah. because he becomes fixated and he just wants to talk about like someone yeah. who's yeah. doing a Saturday Night Live sketch about him. Well, there's, I mean, there's, look, I don't, uh, you know, know enough about politics to really talk about it. And it really doesn't depend, de- like matter what, who you are interested in not. But like he 
shows the signs of a clinical narcissist and whether that's good or bad maybe presidents should be narcissists maybe athletes should, I don't know where that benefits you I'm sure there are careers where it does but narcissists um, have that kind of addiction to well, it's scary feedback. Is, it's scary for a leader it's it makes sense for an artist or for an athlete that you mm-hmm. have to have some sort of narcissism to become J-Lo to you know mean, I'm the, to say I'm the best in yeah, the world yeah, yeah. To, to be a diva yeah. or to be a whatever the fuck you are yeah. but yeah it becomes a real scary thing when it's a, like I remember um, when he was talking about Kanye West when Kanye West did that thing mm-hmm. in front of this giant concert and he said yeah. I didn't vote yeah. but if I did vote I would vote he said I vote on Trump which but, is like yeah. he's not even spelling it right like it doesn't I, even I would vote on Trump like yeah. what, what? yeah <laughs> thank god you don't vote but it's not helping yeah yeah I um well it is interesting like you but know what I was gonna say is yeah. he did this thing where he's talking about it in front of this gigantic group of people yeah. where he's talking about it. he loves Trump he loves I, I, I love Kanye, Kanye because Kanye Trump. loves Trump and he was talking about himself in, in the third, third person. person it was so disturbing it yeah, was like disturbing. this is such a weird way of addressing that yeah instead of saying in a gracious way that was very kind of him yeah. I appreciate him he's a brilliant artist and it's very nice to have his support thank you Kanye this instead of just saying that he loves Trump well he loves I love Kanye because Kanye loves Trump he loves Trump like he kept saying it, that's repeating like, it. That's like broke, like an Asian person speaking broken English. He's also a seventy-year-old grandpa who's out there working one hundred and fifty hours a day, yeah. and he's probably ragged. But your thing about impulse control yeah. is like, if you can't go, you know what? I'm not going to send that. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in that and and spend some time critical thinking before I sort of act. But this is also a man who he said. Did you hear when he said um? Uh, he was like, you know, I, I can see things from any, every angle. I'm not doing impressions. Uh, I can see things from every angle, probably better than anyone. Yeah, well, he always does that. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone. It's... You know, but I'm fascinated by how much a mental illness can help you. And then when it starts to backfire on you, you know, it's obviously worked pretty well on some level. Well, what's going on now is his mental state or his the way he behaves, his personality is being examined by the brightest minds in the world. Yeah. In a very like us. brute, no, not us, <laughs> other people that and are. the dumbest <laughs> and two idiots that and, like to talk about pussy slapping and two comics and gagging who are watching zip popping. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's under this. There's a level of scrutiny that you get if you're a rapper like Kanye West yeah. or a, a fighter like Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and then there's this whole nother level when you want to be the yeah. center of. The entire nuclear armament for the United States of America. You want to be the commander in chief yeah. for the greatest country the world has ever known, yes. I and mean, that's what he's he's done. He's and I don't think it's good. I don't think you know Howard Stern was talking about this, and I think Howard knows him yeah, pretty well, well. Yeah. and I think it was very astute what he was saying. Yeah, it's like it's not good for him, like mentally. No. It's like the guy wants to be loved, yeah. and you're just not going to be loved in that job. It's like heartbreaking. Nobody, nobody gets loved. Yeah, you did it to get love, and you're getting the massive amount of hate come at you. But he is getting love from a specific oh, yeah. area of people. I mean, I'm again fascinated by the primal element of it, of how we, you know, the people are who are responding well to what he's doing yeah. are um, responding to alpha male. We have a, I think, reptilian attraction to alpha males. Yes. I mean, I'll say it. When I was watching him in early, early on in the in the early debates when there was like, you know, six candidates on stage, as much as, I mean, I did his roast, I met him, he was gross to me. Like, he's I, gross? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's the guy who like puts his hand on your lower back when he talks to you for no reason at all. Like, it was just like, you know, but I, he's, he's a car, was a cartoon character of Donald Trump. I mean, it's like, he's the Erstat's version of Donald Trump. Like, I don't, it's so surreal at this point. 
Uh, but I saw him sort of knowing all of his shortcomings just before anyone actually thought he would become president. He um, not that the other candidates didn't have shortcomings, um, but he said <clears throat> to all of the people, he pointed them all out and he was like, you've asked me for money. You've asked me for money. You've and it was yeah. so ballsy yeah. and courageous. And I was like, my primal brain was like, if there's an earthquake, I'm I'm going with that guy. Yeah, I think we're all in such a survivalist mindset with what's happened with the economy and people are struggling. For, I get it, you know, and I was like, yep. That guy's the most fearless motherfucker of the bunch. Everybody is so calculated and scared and reserved and... They weren't prepared for that. I don't think politics in general was prepared yeah. for someone with that mindset. Someone who can rebound from that grab the pussy thing and be like, it was locker room talk. But he didn't just, care. If he, he had apologized, yeah. we would have been pissed. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, at least his supporters would have been pissed. He didn't apologize. He's yeah. like, yeah, I said it. There's something in our primal brains that's like, yes, that guy can protect me when shit goes down. Well, there's also like people are tired of really ultra left wing yeah. nanny state type people totally. that want to tell you what you can say and what you can't this, say and how to a, behave and oh, totally. trigger words. And, and you're so good at like, you're not contributing to this problem. You're part of this solution of like, I think there's also like we were talking about earlier <laughs> with Catholic schools and the pendulum swinging of this like hyper political correctness. Yeah. And then just this reaction of like, this motherfucker does not care. He's right. saying Muslims are bad and they're raping. Like he's saying what our crazy uncle says at dinner every night. <laughs> you know, and like right. there's just something brave about it. That's well, I attractive. think that people are uh, I think there is hope that someone is going to recognize the positive elements of that kind of not total like uh, disregard for yeah. the way people view him. Sure. But but having the confidence to be yourself and then meeting much closer to the middle yeah. in terms of being compassionate and kind and being yeah. open-minded right. and instead but not of, apologetic and weak yes, and scared exactly. i think you can be both you know right. and the other part the democratic party is is showing a uh, uh lack of people who um are unapologetic fearless and um have aplomb yeah there's also there's, it's interesting watching people that he's trying to assign to different cabinet positions backing out. They're like, nope, Fuck sorry. This. They're like, I no amount Not of money interested. can deal with the hate threats <laughs> and the pussy hats out my front door. It's just, you, it, it's yeah. so detrimental to your yeah. career and if they yeah. think the boat is sinking like oh this boat might make it yeah. across the ocean but, but it might not I'm good i could also just Damn. yeah it's it's a fascinating time i think to explore the kind of things that you explore on your show which is like human nature and our primordial instincts because this is has been i think the most tribal primal thing i've i've witnessed in my lifetime i've never seen so much separation between the left and the right and that the anger and fury that's going on today there was a great article in i think it was scientific american i think about when people are wrong about something because here's the other thing like even if you voted for trump and he promised you you know manufacturing jobs would come back which is kind of impossible given modern technology he promised something that is sort of like technologically not uh feasible but um even if if when you voted for him, you were right and he was going to give you, he said, ISIS in 30 days. It's been more than 30 days. Hasn't done, you know, can people say, you know what? I was wrong. That guy fucking lied to me. It's so hard for us to do that because of our ego. And there was an article in Scientific American how people and Grant, I'm sure this study was skewed and it's a specific, um, uh, you know, um, group of people that sign up for a study. But that when someone was wrong, when someone told them they were wrong. It made them believe their point even more. I don't know. There's a the article. Huh. I'll send. I'll send it to you. Or they if double you can, down. Or they double down. But if you say <clears> to them, 
uh, and I think that it's the CIA that uses this as a form of questioning, is that you first have to legitimize their position before you suggest that there might be something flawed about it. So you go like, I, t- you know, I totally understand that you would think that, you know, the earth is flat. I can see why you would thought that. I mean, you grew up here. Of course you thought that. If you empathize with them first and then say, you know, but turns out it's round, they'll more... Um, they're more likely to come around. But if you just mm. say, hey, you know that's fucking wrong. There's and of if, course. You, if you show them proof, they double down even further on that. Well, what's the worst thing you say to someone who's upset? Calm down. Calm, relax. Yeah. They just get fucking furious. Yeah. It's, like, it's, a non, uh, it's a non-respecting thing. You're yeah. not respecting the person's state of mind. You're, right. not, you're not objectively stepping back mm. and looking, how does this person really feel right now? And what's the best way to you're talk You're demoralizing. To and what we're all doing is demoralizing each other by going, you're fucking wrong. You're stupid. Yeah. And something that was interesting, just from a, and I know that I'm in Hollywood, and I don't know anything about politics. I know. You don't have to tweet it. I know. Uh, but one thing I do know is that, um, and I was sort of fascinated by the comedian's role in in this election, um, because as the you know news fails us in a lot of ways, uh, comedians sometimes tend to sort of show up and 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 tell the truth. But um, in every movie, the underdog always has to win, and right, it's just Rudy. Yeah. Fucking oh, yeah. baseball. I'm sure. What is the field Rocky. of dreams? Rocky. Exactly. So I was like, everybody beating up on him. You're just making him the underdog. And underdogs always have to win. It's just like some weird sort human of, nature. But thing. isn't he also the president? Like, you he can't really now. be the underdog and be the president, can you? Don't you think he was the underdog? I think during the election, we were yes. all beating up on him. And right. I think we were going, he's stupid. You're dumb. You're not qualified. And then everyone was like, oh, we got to fucking root for that guy because we were, you know. Yeah. He's going to take the establishment down. But meanwhile, he's bringing in all these fucking bankers and, all we and did, yeah, Exxon all, people. Yeah, and, and people tweeting about him just gave him hundreds of millions of dollars of free press. It was just sort of <laughs> interesting how we sort of hoodwinked ourselves. and Well, not and, just tweeting about him. The yeah. things that he he said were the things that CNN decided they were going to cover, and now yeah. he won't let CNN into the press it's fascinating. gaggle. Fascinating. Or the New York Times. Fascinating. He wouldn't let the New York Times yeah. into the press gaggle. Yeah. But he let InfoWars yeah. and uh, all these other weird websites. And I mean, it's it's very it's very odd. It's like it's that's f- unprecedented yes. that he's he's limiting access to the press. I mean, well, that's... You know, he filed for re-election five hours after he yes. won. I mean, this yes. this guy is like, you know, <clears throat> and there's something amazing about it. Like, he has figured out a way to hypnotize a, a nation, a world. I mean, it, there's something just so primal at play. That, well, he's that, juking the system the same yeah. way he's juked the system with yeah. taxes and yeah. with, you know, with filing for well, bankruptcy. Well, it's interesting because we're and... mostly designed to follow rules and to comply with what is socially acceptable, right? That's like how we get dopamine is like just fit in, be part of the pack. That's how you stay safe. And he is not one of those people. And no. it's just pretty fascinating. What no, that... not by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's unprecedented that this person that, that lies all the time. Pathologically. That's the other thing. Yeah, pathologically. Yeah. But do you, but but he's getting called on it though, which is weird. Did right. you see that the the reporter who said he said to him, "You said that you won by the largest margin." Yeah. And he was ever. like, "Someone told me that." Yeah. yeah. He said, "Well, he, he said, well, it was amongst Republicans." And then he said, "No, because George H. W. Bush yeah. had a larger electoral college victory." He's yeah. like, "Well, this is what they told me. It was what I've been told." But there's also with, and this is sort of back to the horse thing, like. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters how you say it. Right. And and do people care if they're being lied to, if they're being lied to in an authoritative way with someone who seems very confident, like they know what they're fucking doing. But it's going to chip away at him, though. This is yeah. what I really believe that all these times where he's being checked. Yeah. Like, this is the reason why he won't go to the White House cr- uh, press correspondence dinner. Right. Like, that's weird. 
I mean, it's that's that's a petulant. tradition. Well, this is remember when he wouldn't go on the debates. He wouldn't go on CNN. He, this half this has been going on where he just refuses to be president. I don't know. Hasn't he not even moved <coughs> in? He's been golfing most of his presidency, and it's cost us money. Well, he, no, yeah, he sends his kids on these business trips to go set up hotels in the countries yeah. that don't. And I, we I, have to protect his kids. Do people Secret care? Service. I can't tell if people care. They don't know yet. It's they don't only know. been it's only been thirty something days. How long has he been in the White House? Yeah, so he's been in the White House a little over a month. Yeah, and so, most people are just living their lives and they're busy, and they're busy, and they just don't. It even takes have time. a while for all that information to trickle into the entire country. Yeah, like it's getting into some people. There's people that are furious. There's, you know, there's New York Times uh, writers who are writing on it on a daily basis, and yeah. there's all these different authors. And, yeah, I mean, I just think there's something to be said for, and I'm working on this in my life to be able to be like, I was wrong. I he you got me good. You hoodwinked me, and I'm wrong. And now what? Do you think that people are going to do that though? Because I don't know. That's acquiescing to the left, or just ac- I mean, or just being sane, going yeah. like I was. I was bamboozled, and but being sane is not. It doesn't work when you have these party politics. Yeah, things. it's when so tribal. Yeah, it's so tribal. It's it's so team oriented. I mean, it's just something that's ingrained in us yeah. to have an, an enemy, enemy and, and, and a team. someone to yeah yeah fight with, and then it becomes all about our projections. Like, I mean, it's really been hard because I'm trying to sort of like, especially going on stage. Like, I had a riot break out in Napa. People started fighting, you in know, crowd? in a crowd. What, yeah. what were you talking about I when they brought rioted? Up, this was before the election. And I really start out with being like, you know what? Politics is not my thing. There's people who are much better at it. And I let them do it. If you want to talk about squirting, you come to me. But right. like, I know my, I stay in my lane. And, right. but this felt like something that was just, you know, um, beyond uh, something that was, it, it almost feels weird to ignore it on stage. It's like right. the elephant in the living room. And so I was talking about it and I, I was like, look, I'm not saying who I think should win. I think both candidates have flaws. I think there's one that's less flawed, but whatever. Right. And uh, I said something about, you know, if Bill is in the White House, because it would be interesting, first female president, it was just something about like what happens in the, with the first female president and how I think that there should be a rule saying that the first female male for, can cheat so because the woman doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have time to fuck him. Like she doesn't have time. Right. And this woman yelled out. She was like, how dare you talk about Hillary uh, you know, this is one of the most conservative areas in the country. You need to know your audience. This lady said that she too? was in the second row. She was with me the entire time. <laughs> turns on me, and I was like, and you I need just didn't know your audience. audience. Like, and I now I realize wrongly was like, oh no, you need to know your comedian. I don't give a shit. Uh, and then how's every, that bad? Uh, well, That's I just right. well, I I thought so, but <laughs> then the audience all went after her and then her she had like a bunch of go- people with her and it was just turned into like a melee like it was that com- sounds awesome it was <laughs> you would have loved it I plus was you're in Napa they're probably drunk as shit fuck shit faced I was so scared uh, and cause it was not no one was tractable it wasn't like oh Ooh. the bodyguard it was like everybody was getting up and fighting with everybody and so uh, I hadn't really talked about it on stage but it's just so it's it's just so deep it's so visceral with people um, it's like we're in a war I mean this country's in a psychological war a psych- Psychological civil war. Yeah, and I can't, and you can't bring it up with anybody. It just is like I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around. And this is the first time I think I've ever even talked about. I don't even tweet about it. I just kind of like. um, How'd the show end? uh, Fire quickly. Uh, (laughs) Earthquake. (laughs) I got my check and it cleared. Um, But no, they had to be like 16 people had to be removed. Whoa, Uh, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Did the show go on? The show went on. Yeah. Did you have a good time with it? And I ended up 
I mean, for me, like if someone tells me I just had to, so I had to go harder at the political <sighs> thing and it was, but it's the kind of thing where I thrive in adrenaline and conflict. I was just like, bitches, this is how I grew up. Like, don't, you don't fucking, I'm looking for an excuse to fight people. Like, don't do this. So but don't you think also like starting out and doing a lot of work rather at the comedy store, well, which has it. no like, fucking crowd control. I'm an original room comic. Yeah. Like you fucked with the wrong monster. But the idea is she could say, know your audience is the most conservative place in the country. Like she just was like, know your, like cater your material to us. Which was just so, yeah. <laughs> which, know yeah. your audience. She was one of those, I mean, it was really demeaning and it was really, yeah. and I think I also was like, got very deeply insulted like, you know, I was a slot machine that, or like a jukebox where she puts yeah. money in and I'm just supposed to do what she wants me to do. And I was like, comedians, we're the only ones left who are taking risks and saying shit that no one else will say. Like, how dare you? Like, I felt like it was an attack on like free speech in general. Like, well, people have their ideas of what you're supposed to do. You know, this yeah. is how you're supposed to behave if yeah. you're a this. This is how you're supposed to be. You have a bedside manner if yeah. you're a doctor, if you're a comedian. Yeah. You know, you have to tailor your jokes. I think it's, I think it's like if you're, I mean, I know for, I mean, I'm in comedy, so I think if a comedian doesn't make you a little uncomfortable at some point, we're kind of not doing our job, you know? I always think it's hilarious when someone tells you not to talk about something. Like someone tells you, next subject. Have you ever had someone yell out, next subject? Oh Drop my gosh. It. I've had some pretty. Drop it. Well, I've had, sometimes um, Kevin Christie uh, pointed out to me one time that, um, about because he opened for me a long time about 45 in, minutes into my set someone always turns on me <laughs> <laughs> it's usually a, a man who just uh, has had a drink and i've turned i turn into their wife like a woman right. talking into a microphone at you for that long i will become your mother your ex-wife the girl who didn't fuck you in high school like there's Especially some the booze. the booze like i just i like and one time we were in La Jolla, which you know is the most just chaotic group of, of sort of drunk people. Xanax. Xanax and, yeah. And I did this joke about like how guys, this was ages ago, um, they, uh, they, um, they have, uh, every guy has like a jar of coins in their house somewhere, like, like pennies. Right. Like it's like a, it's like a, or like a bowl of coins. And uh, everyone's laughing, and, blah, blah, and this guy just snaps at me. He had been in the front row laughing the entire time, and he was just like, that's so we can pay for your shit! Whoa. And uh, very Whoa. quickly I realized that I had transmogrified into <laughs> someone, and uh, so it's triggering. I mean, going to see comedy can be mm. triggering. I think it should be. That's heavy. Yeah. It should be. Obviously, he went to sort of a different place. But it's, yeah, we basically trigger drunk people for a living that just want to be heard. Yeah, but that's a, so innocuous. Like, why would anybody be upset that you have a jar of coins? I mean, it's kind of funny because a lot of guys do. Yeah. They have a jar and they chuck coins in it and then they eventually bring it to the bank and go do something with this. Yeah, it was just like Turn a shitty observational money. joke yeah. from six years ago, you know. But I get a lot of times... Um, the most annoying thing is actually just when people are like, so true. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Like, just, what are you talking oh, I, but For me, the compliments, the backhanded compliments after the show are always the worst. Like you're really funny for a like, girl, um, or like um, I don't care what anyone says. You're hilarious. Oh, <laughs> it's stuff like that. Hey, hey, don't. My, my friend hates you, but I think you're pretty I, good. Don't listen to them. You're yeah. amazing. Whoa. You know, just sort of like. There's so many crazy people. Are you, you have really to talk 34? To? I mean, I get the cra like uh, the craziest. <laughs> the craziest. I mean, uh, you're so much prettier in person. You're actually Ooh. really pretty. Well, well, that's actually nice. 
That's you're, a nice thing to if say. If there's ever an actually, you're but actually you're, funny. But that's that's nice. You know, yeah. That's, that's yeah. People, well, don't you think people are just awkward? Yes, people get awkward. Well, I mean, just like yeah. the, like a guy trying to contact you on a dating app. They don't know how to. Like, so you think you're pretty funny, huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm like, no, I have this. really low self-esteem. Next question. You I see think him I... sitting in front of his phone trying to think of the right thing to mm. say. Hmm. What do you hmm. get people? You must have people because I think for comics, like with celebrities who are um, like movie stars, people are like, oh my god, look, that's like the, that's Emily Blunt or whatever. Yeah. Right? Right? But with us, they're like, what's up, buddy? Like, they think we're friends. Right. I find, at least with me, and uh, people are super comfortable yeah. with me. Yeah, even more so because of the podcast. Yeah. People, Do people just come up to you and they're the just time. like, hey, man. All the time. I used to fight. Yeah, they just want to talk about all kinds of things. But the problem yeah. is, like, sometimes I'm with my kids, and they just want to talk to me. I'm like, I can't talk to you what right now. What do you now. do? You just say. I tell you, I'm with my family, man. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can't. Hey, man, I got to ask you a question. You know, boop, 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 boop. And they'll just go into these in-depth questions. Like, this yeah. is not happening. I'm yeah. holding the hand of a six-year-old right now, and I'm on my way to do something. Like, this is not. We're not going to sit here for half an hour so you can talk about Conor McGregor. I mean, it's, like, it's a victory that you have created such a group of people who are so into I People come up to me about your, sh- uh, your show quite a lot uh, at the gym. At the gym. Yeah. It's when always, they're not talking about anal sex. It's always, yeah. They're like, hey, so I. <laughs> or do like I a don't pop butt fuck I in have my personal couple. life. But yeah. what I do is listen to you on podcasts. People know so much about us that, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is tricky. You, I don't have a family, but when I'm on dates and people are like, hey, like, how's your knee? I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Like, guys are always like, who is this person? I'm like, I've never met this person. Like, Why do they know more about you than I do? Yeah. Well, you get exposed in a weird way when you do these long form conversations. It's true. You can't I forget it. You can't hide. Like, that's who you are, you yeah. know? Yeah, But that, it's like, I definitely, I mean, I would imagine your listeners know more about you than your wife does. No, she knows a lot about really? me. Yeah. Does yeah. she listen? Yeah, she listens really? too. Really? Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? Hey, girl. She was, she was listening to me and Ron White, and she just goes, comedians I, are so fucking weird. She's like, you guys are so honest. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you yeah. reveal shit that people would hide to their <laughs> deathbed. It's true. And you guys are talking about it and laughing. Like, mm-hmm. Ron White was talking about accidentally getting his dick sucked by a bunch of guys. I've, I know it. You know I know. I, I, you know what's really weird? I listened to the Ron White episode. I'm obsessed with Ron. He's awesome. In a million ways. And I remember um, when he said, I just want respect for my peers. Yeah. And I was, you know, when we say things that no one else, everyone thinks, but no one else says, I think it gives the grace to them. Yes. So I think we sort of serve that purpose. Well, I think that's got to be the worst thing in the world is even being successful. Like, I know we can name a few people that are like this, but even being successful, hated and despised by their peers. It's hard. And it's like, you don't, you're a man without a country. Yeah. Like you're, you're lost. The only people that understood me now, what happened when I, I got a TV show and all the the comedy, you know, store and the comics there were like my family, you know, and then I got a show and then all of a sudden everyone was mad at me and it was the, I wish I was around back then. It was, yeah, you were, I'm trying to think when that was, it was like five, six years, five years ago, maybe. Yeah. I, it was the loneliest I've ever felt. I was like the only people who understand me now hate me. That's so jealous and weak. It was awful. Yeah, that's terrible. I now know that it was just like them being insecure and wanting, you know, and then everybody now has, everyone's got a show now, you know. Well, there's a lot of people that do have this feeling that's never going to happen for them. And there's no greater way to ensure that it's never going to happen for you than to have this feeling and ride it out that it's never going to happen for you. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like the opposite of a placebo effect. 
Yeah, you and then look, yourself. when it happens, just you better be ready because it's not going to work if you're not ready. Right, and so, even if you're ready, it might not work. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you can't think it's the end of time. You got to keep going. It's you a whole keep, new set of keep hammering. If you haven't healed the wound that made you want the thing in the first place, the thing is not going to fix it. Absolutely, you know? I, I've gone into depth with comedians about that because I think that's an important thing to think. We all start out from a fucked up place. Yeah. Every comedian that's any good yeah. starts out from a place of insecurity and weakness and. And then somewhere along the line, you've got to become more secure. And then it's going to become about art. It's mm-hmm. going to become about creating yep. something that's good that people enjoy. Yep. And then it's got to be about doing something that people, it's going to enhance people's experience. Like they're going to go to see you. Mm-hmm. And for an hour and a half, that show is going to be so fun. They're going to feel, they're going to literally feel better. Yeah. And it's got to be that. You're and a healer. Yeah. And you're, you're what, whatever good feeling you get out of that. Here's the sacrifice. You're not going to enjoy it at all. You're going to, like, I enjoy on stage killing, but the creating and the process and the going over the material and writing and the, the chipping away at your, your you know, fucking, why does this suck? And this topic sucks. Should I abandon mm. it? Yeah. Or should I just keep working at no. it? It's, or it's working, but it's fucking cheap. Yeah. And why oh, the fuck are you guys yeah. laughing at this? Exactly. This sucks. You can't do that yeah, either, right? Yeah, that's sort of self-loathing. So you hate yourself. It's like... It's like figuring out a way to heal the wound that made you funny, but also stay funny. Yeah. So can you be healthy and funny? I think that's my biggest question you and can struggle. Be, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's definitely a balancing act. And there's something that happens to comedians when they become famous that their main motivation was to get that love. And then they get it and then they fucking suck. Yeah. Something yeah. happens. They, you get they, complacent. You stop needing the approval or you stop, you know, that's the, the perfectionism thing. Because perfectionism is a lot of why I'm like so like, you know, my bar is so high for what to say on stage and if I lower that bar is it going to be less quality you know you seem like you just need more reinforcement personally in your personal life to relax your uh, perfectionism in your career that's what I would think and I think you're right and I think what happened is I think a lot of people are like what do you mean you made it you're everyone knows you and you're like well no that means I have to be even better right like the bar is now higher that's why you're scared to do a set at the ice house well I'm just kind of like and we've talked about this I have a uh like allergy to doing old material and it good. makes me feel like a phony that's good you should give it to some people i know yeah <laughs> can you spit in their mouth i feel <laughs> i feel that's the thing by the way there's a lot of open your mouth so i can spit in it happening do you guys think we like that i'm gonna talk directly to camera uh there's a lot of let me spit in your mouth yeah actually i'd rather you spit on my face whoa spitting in the mouth is like then i have to like swallow it's just you mean like sexually spit yeah people spit in your a lot mouth? of spit in your mouth jesus christ let me spit in your mouth uh, don't. When did come in your mouth become so boring? <laughs> now yeah. there's the spitting in the mouth. There's a lot of spitting. <sighs> I don't know. A lot of spitting. A lot of. Lot of um, de- I don't get it. Degradation. Yeah, I'm not. I don't get it. I have heard though. I heard from uh, a guy I know. I'm obsessed with what's the most disrespectful thing a woman could do, and I've had a couple guys say spit in my face. Just I mean in general, like not sexual. Oh, like a, a woman who doesn't like you. Who yeah, spits like in or your if face? you're like you know this guy I know his wife spit in his face when they were in a fight. And he was like, I, I, he's like, it took every uh, a molecule in my body not to. Not to what? Spit back or hit or her? Or just lose my mind and kill her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was his, the most disrespectful. Because I'm always interested in what, you know, people. Did he stay with her? Yeah. Still married. Three kids. Hilarious. Yeah. 
What he's a got bitch. a very, he's in the military, like he's all about respect oh, and whatever. So she was trying to push that. But those he's buttons. like, she can slap me all day long, but spitting really? in my face, that is the most disrespectful thing you can do to a man. It's a very dangerous thing when you get physical with people. Yeah. It's super dangerous. People's, it's, it's just, it's very interesting. I have a very uh, high tolerance for physical disrespect. Really? I mean, just, I, and I was dealing with this with my horse the other day. Your horse um, was disrespecting well, you? Well, horses, so you have to claim your space with a horse and you have to draw a boundary if you guys are going to like be around because they can kill you right and i don't really do it with dog. i you have to do it with dogs i i made him bring a taser i mean yeah you just sort of claim your space and they actually respect you more and like you more when you have self-respect and uh. you have sort of your boundary or else they'll just walk all over you i mean it's metaphorical you don't seem to have this problem in your life um but with dogs you also for a dog to lay on top of you that's dominant we mistake it as like we're cuddling, but they're actually in your space and they're like, oh, well, I own you now. You really? know? Yeah. So a lot of times with my dogs, especially since I get rescue dogs who are unpredictable and pit bulls have a very high arousal rate. So I can't just let them lay on me all night long and uh. stuff. I have to then go, now you're off of me and you're my bitch. I'm not your bitch. Because that could backfire later. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, dogs are so weird when you rescue them because you just don't know what the fuck they had you to deal know. with. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah, and I made some major mistakes of, of mistaking physical proximity with, like, trust and we'll be fine. Um, yeah, but, especially when they're full grown. Yeah, because if they get possessive of you or attached to you or um, we sometimes think that's, like, so cute, but sometimes it's actually dominant. Well, it's also when you bring other people into your life and then this dog decides that other people are stealing you mm -hmm. from them yeah. and they get aggressive towards the other person yeah, it becomes totally. an issue yeah well I mean it's really dogs are just extensions of their owner like you also have to let them know like I can talk to whoever the fuck I want and you're not allowed yeah. to have a problem with it um, so they're not allowed to get possessive over you like that if you yeah. if you train them properly you know what's interesting that puppy that I got the golden mm -hmm. he we brought him home and he gives everyone kisses everyone kisses everyone kisses he's so sweet mm -hmm. and then he gets to me and he wants a bite my face he bites my face and mm -hmm. he plays super rough with yeah. me like right away yeah he was like n nipping at me not hard like yeah. he wasn't hurting me but he's like he's you're not so fun yeah like he's not trying yeah have you done some an animal have you t uh uh have you put his lip under his teeth no you put your lip just so that they learn how right. sharp their own teeth are uh, and yeah and then also bite them back yeah. That's what I do. Bite them back. Yeah. I usually just put him on his back and yeah. go, hey, cut the shit. Hold him. Face. Yeah. Hold him down with both of his. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And he's trying to bite me when I'm doing it. Yeah. Because their mouth is their hands. Like he's not trying yeah. to hurt you. He's just trying no, to. No. He's, he's sweet, but he thinks my six year old is a puppy. It's hilarious. Like that's so that's funny. like his little puppy buddy. Yeah. Like he bites her clothes and stuff. We have to keep him from doing that. And he's not being mean at and all. And they don't, well, they don't care about clothes. They're no. like, you what know, is that? And they don't know yeah. until you tell them what is wrong. Like people, right. people are so bad at training their dogs. It's shocking. Like what I see, like just in the streets when I see someone with their dog, like their dog's tugging and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, right. oh, just, is your dog the one that speaks English and no right. sarcasm? <laughs> like, what do you, would you stop that? It's just like the way you're saying it does yeah. not match what you're saying, and that's not a command. So I'm really into training dogs in a very rigorous way. Yeah, me too. You also have to, like, I'm teaching my kids, like, you can't, the dog doesn't understand his name being used a bunch of different ways, like no. Marshall. No, nope, no. Nope. Marshall. Yeah, agree. Marshall. Yeah. I go, you got to say no. Children don't even understand yeah. that. And no. Sarcasm, yeah. you know? And uh, yeah, and, do and people, I think, mistake and they conflate discipline with, like, being mean to the dog or something. It's just, it's just not true. It's that's hilarious. Discipline is so nice to a dog, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, and but also when I see people, I've seen some real disasters with placing dogs in homes 
where people don't train their kids how to deal with dogs. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm in a dog child's gonna get their face bitten off like I get so scared because people just let their kid hit the dog in the face and shake their face and I'm like you have to train your child yeah also especially a dog dog yes. like that's the there's a danger in bringing a dog around children in the first place yes. a lot of times they think kids are like another dog and my dogs are giant my dog hurts me I have three they hurt me by accident yeah. all of the time and I'm an adult like I'll bend over to pick something up and they'll come by and they I headbutt just, you yes yeah. they don't yeah. mean to no they just um, have iron heads yeah they are like like my just blockheads, and so um, my big dog is a Great Dane Pitbull, and he just knocks me out. Jesus Christ, that's a giant of dog. The time, so when kids come over, they go in the crates. They're yeah. not going to attack them, but like, why am I? Right. Why do people want to take chances? Let's take a selfie with the dog. Just no, put it yeah. in a crate. Super dangerous. <laughs> it's got razor blades in its mouth. Yeah. It's just it's going to make a mistake uh, sooner or later. So I just, I mean, I tr- I used to be really naive about it, but. It's interesting with German Shepherds, apparently, and Akitas, and I always say, if anything looks too much like a wolf, yeah, like be fucking super careful around kids with it, you know. Just don't. There's this guy that um, has really been helping me. This guy Brandon McMillan. He's got a show called Lucky Dog on CBS, and he taught me how to aggression test dogs with two leashes and stuff. Because ah. I was just getting these dogs from shelters that had been abused and stuff, and I'm like, my love isn't gonna make you trained. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> like living in the valley with a yard, that's gonna fix you. It's not true. Yeah. Um, so I've learned to sort of honor. Um, the neurology of dogs and their instincts and yeah. they were wolves and and food comes first and if they have a scarcity complex like they're going to go after food and if they've been abused like they have no reason to not uh, protect themselves if they feel threatened. Is that dog whisperer guy, that Caesar Milan guy is he good or is he? Yeah I mean he's great like all these guys have you know I'm sure like any like fighting or anything everyone's got like that's wrong that's wrong everyone's got their own like I've figured out what works for me which is like um uh basically positive reinforcement or just ignoring the dog when they do something wrong. So the biggest punishment to a dog is just ignoring them. When you hit them, you're actually giving them attention and confusing them or when you yell. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it just, it's confusing to them um, and it probably doesn't hurt. They usually just lose respect for you because you, <laughs> they do, because you've gotten in a situation where you're now hitting them and they're just like, well, right. why did you let me do that yesterday? Like, yeah. you're the one that's inconsistent and right. then they just start to feel unsafe and anxious. So uh... when they do something wrong, just ignore them for 30 minutes and they will fucking never do it again. Because do you read books on dogs? I do read books on dogs. Yeah. Would you read books on more, people or dogs? People. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, your dog is a reflection. You're, yeah. Well, I was just thinking people. about it because I was like, recently. Hmm. I mean, I read a lot of books on like addiction and like. Science. A lot of books like, on them? Yeah. And like neuroscience. That's a kind of like, you know. I'm finishing that book, Sapiens, right now, which is kind what of is that? About, it's about like um, what's the guy's name? Seth, his last name, Sethy or something. Um, uh, it's basically about um evolution and how we evolved to be the way we are. Like his whole point is that we're uh not his whole point. One of them that I find interesting is like that the reason we have so much anxiety is because we know that we're um, like we implicitly know that we're only superficially at the top of the food chain. Like we don't oh. we don't deserve to be at the top of the food chain without weapons. Like. Uh, if I'm in here with a gorilla alone, I'm going to lose real quickly. Of if, I'm, course. if I'm in here with a gun, I still might lose, actually. But um, but that we're all kind of like walking around with paper thin skin and we're incredibly vulnerable. Um, but we just happen to have 
you know, the animals that kill us in cages. I just think it's incredibly fascinating that anatomically similar humans who lived 10,000 years ago, as we were talking about with Cro-Magnons, who literally didn't have very many tools or weapons. Yeah. I mean, didn't have guns for yeah. sure. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, had addle-addles or something like that. I don't even yeah. think they had bows. Yeah. When, find out when they invented the bow and arrow, Jamie. Let's figure yeah. that out. And the bow and arrow is also not a sure thing. You got one chance. If yeah. you miss... Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have another 10 minutes that you can, <laughs> and you, you know. can panic. Yeah. And you probably, I mean, how many times have you had to shoot a bow and arrow when your life depends on it, too? I've, I've never done it once. But uh, it's amazing that people before then, I mean, so let's go back even earlier than 10,000 years ago, probably whole, not a whole lot of difference between those people and people 100,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. With the like the amount of tissue and the yeah. softness of the body yeah. and the vulnerability, we're, like it's kind of crazy that we even made it. We're made of the fact that we get through the day <laughs> without a, we. We're bee, water balloons of blood. Bees can kill us. Yeah, bees are the literally tiniest animal. Okay, bow and arrow appears to transition from the Upper Paleolithic to the Mesolithic. Uh, so, blah blah blah. Oldest elegant bow. Hold on, what'd you do? Uh, extant bows in one piece are elm homogard bows from Denmark, which were dated to 9000 BC. Huh. Wow. BCE. I, I like how they do that now. Before current era. It's not even They're about 71, Jesus. Years old. Wow. Africa suggested arrows might be at least 71,000 years old. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, so they had arrows for like. 50,000 years before they figured out the bow. I mean, there's an epidemic of fear. Gotta do something with this. (laughs) Has this always been here, this epidemic of fear? I mean, like this election, fear. I'm kidding, by the way. I'm sure they had a bow, folks. If people are gonna tweeting right now. Yeah, they're all just going fucking ancient. You don't understand history. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Fear has always been fear. here. I mean, the gun, people want guns sure. in their house all the time. And I'm not against people. Like, people have guns. I'm and walls. Just, it's, it is what it is. Jiu-jitsu. But why are people so scared people are going to take their guns away from them? They need the guns. There's fear. Well, I'm because there are, fear. there are, if you, I, I have a theory. My biggest theory is not just that some people live in bad neighborhoods, but also yeah. that we're dealing with the news of 7 billion humans. True. That's just too much. And we see, uh, now that we have the news and we see so much negative things happening, uh, that we have a false sense of how dangerous the world is. And the news is all bad. We're the safest we've ever been and we're the scarest we've ever been. Are we? I don't know if we're the scarest we've ever been because a lot of people are on Xanax again. That's true. They'd be scared if they weren't on Xanax. They'd be shitting their pants. But everyone is like, (laughs) you know, terrified all the time. And it's just sort of an interesting thing and trying to figure out what's a real fear and what's a sort of reptilian irrational fear. Well, it's what we were talking about before that one day and probably not far from now, we're going to exist in some sort of a quasi-electronic state. Mm -hmm. We're going to exist in some sort of a weird virtual state. Yes. And then it's going to be interesting to see what that state is like. We'll be even more vulnerable because we'll have fucking Google glasses over our heads. And our fucking spinal cord will be connected to the matrix. Yeah, we won't have peripheral vision anymore. We're devolving. In some way, for sure. We're We're definitely not... Well, we're evolving into a more vulnerable thing, which is weird. I mean, it's not necessarily that we're devolving, because we're not becoming more like animals. We're becoming more like... um, There was some study that came out that said that kids who play video games actually have faster reflexes than kids who don't. Whoa. Yeah. Is that interesting? That is. So maybe... Reflexes have to do with the mind and the hands reacting, hand-eye coordination... Right, that makes sense. Like you yeah. have to move quick and yeah. react, but I mean, they, but, but I physically, mean, like moving your body side to side, they don't have the dexterity or the, yeah. f- the strength to do that because they're fucking just 
stuck to the couch. Right. So they'll win. Like it has to be a thumb war. It can't be an actual threat. I don't know what the threat was. Well, Jamie was talking about how they're doing these E-teams for basketball that are going to do alongside the NBA. Like a fantasy team? Well, no. They're going to play electronic basketball alongside real basketball (sighs) games. I was on the plane. What were you saying? Explain it. Here. In the NBA's eSports league, diversity means a new kind of athlete. Okay. They're gonna have a, they haven't announced it fully because every team isn't fully locked into it yet right now. But uh, every team, the idea I think is every team is going to have their own five-on-five video game team, and they're going to be responsible for signing good players. And there's going to be competitions and big. That ideally, they want to have the finals in arenas too for this. The finals in arenas. So they do for like other games right now. Oh, like they do League like Legends Pootie Pie goes and plays sure. in a Staples Center yeah. sort of. I'm terrified by the fact that we're outsourcing physical sports to our phones. I sat next to a guy uh, on the plane who was playing darts on his phone. Darts. What? Literally, he was just sitting there moving his finger. (laughs) (laughs) Whitney has a phone with a photo of this guy's. So, yeah. He's just, that was the, the, he (sighs) thinks this is a sport. Plus he's drinking. He is shit. Yeah, he got shit face on him. <laughs> and he was also wearing shorts, which was really traumatizing for me. But it was just this. And I was like, the fact that you think this is a th- thing. Yeah. He was basically just scrolling up. Yeah. The fact that he thought he was good at darts. Because it... <laughs> or he's he, just Yeah, bored. he literally was like, yes. Maybe like, he just was freaking out about air travel, so he's getting drunk and medicated and he's distracting himself with this stupid game. It scares me. I worry that we're all just zombies. I think we're you should just... stop being so scared. Okay, you're right, you're right. Just live in this moment, Whitney. Let's end it. Let's end this strong, because we've already done three hours. Okay, okay, all right. Let's end this strong. Okay, what are we going to do? I'm going to squirt. I really, if people are by sub miracle still listening to this, I really, I, I, you need to just. I'm sure they are. Do I'm something. Sure are. Do something. Do your thing. Whitney, we got to do this more often. Get me out of here. This, this is fun. This is embarrassing. It's really fun. It's not embarrassing at all. You got. You need more positive reinforcement in your personal right. life. Okay. I'm writing a book. I just sit home all day and just with my negative thoughts. That's Don't. the problem. Don't I know. be so negative. I know. Call me. I'm here. Why did I Don't write worry a book? about it. You're stupid. gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Get me in. Why did I write a book? This Why did I write a book? <laughs> It's so crazy. I mean, why did you let me do this? <laughs> what? If you well, chirp on me, well, you, you let me on your podcast. You would have stopped me from no, doing no, this. No, 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 no. Everything's great. You said to me, I said, I was like, you, did you write a book? And you were like, yeah, I gave the money back. It was, it was, didn't work for me. And I was like, all right, then I guess I'll do it. I should have listened to you. No, you don't. I mean, the problem with that I had was editors. They were trying yeah. to get me to write stand-up. They said, yeah, I want you to write. Crazy. First of all, they wanted me to, they said, look, you don't have oh. to write anything. We'll just take your stand up and we'll su- transcribe it. I go, that's crazy. That's, I've already done that. They, uh, yeah, but they go, well, George Carlin did that and then Jerry Seinfeld did that. I go, I don't care what they did. I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah. But, like, if I'm going to write something, I think it's a different kind of medium. Right. Well, it's also, it's interesting because you're just sitting there bombing all day. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no audience. Like, yes. it's my worst nightmare. I have to wait eight exactly. months to see if something's funny and, and people st- laugh in their living room. I can't even tell. And they have to pretend. Pretend they hear you say it too. It has to like they have to have a, an imagination, it's of a tone, and yeah. Fuck all that. I just have to go back to stand up full time because this is just like madness. Everybody wants to not do stand up full time. Every comic works so I'm hard back. to become a professional I my comic. Lesson. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I'm sorry. She's back. I'm back. Come to the ice house I'm tomorrow going to. night or Wednesday night. Tomorrow I go to Florida to Orlando. Oh. Don't be jealous. Well, but uh, I'll come two weeks. next time. I'll come two in two weeks. weeks. I will. Okay. In two I'll weeks. just go. You heard it here, folks. It's happening. She'll be there ice in house. two weeks. Come see me eat shit. All right. Thank you, bro. It was awesome. Whitney, not not exactly happy with it. Look at her. She's like, what? I don't believe it was awesome. What? No, no. It was a disaster. It was I'm like, great. That was a disaster. I'm a disaster. Whitney, it was great. You're awesome. This is Thank you. Like, 
Um, Bye, everybody. You're the best. <laughs> oh, that was art? I hate you.